You're listening to Minor Talk On Demand exclusively on 600 ESPN El Paso. Stay up to date with Minor Talk by downloading the free 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app. Minor Talk is live. We are presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency, along with Sal Montes, uh, Zegalindo on the way. I'm Adrian Broadus. Um, you know what? This is going to be an interesting Minor Talk, and I get it. Uh, Miners are 1-5 on the season after another disappointing loss, 24-10 against Louisiana Tech. Second loss in Conference USA. Fourth straight loss for this Miner team right now. Um, you know, to say that this team is uh, falling behind is an understatement. To say that they're backed in a corner right now is also an understatement. Going into this one, the Miners were, came in completely decimated, depleted with injuries across the board. No starting quarterback Gavin Hardison, no starting wide receiver Tyron Smith, backup running back Mike Franklin did not go, uh, defensive tackle Tavita Tafuna was out, safety Mikel Broussard was out, Trajan Huey, their other free safety, was out, and they were without Oscar Moore, another one of their safeties. But the Miners right now are 1-5 in five for the first time since 2019. The big difference back in 2019 was Kyle Oxley was a quarterback for the Miners. Uh, this was year two of Dana Dimmel, and uh, they didn't have an identity uh, on offense that year, or they were limited as far as what they could do that season uh, it, on offensively. What's the difference in 2023? Well, the fact that expectations were high on this team, the fact that this is a veteran group that came in with a lot of seniors and a lot of seniors that are starting on both sides of the ball for this football team. And, uh, you know, they go down 14 nothing within the first three and a half minutes. Uh, and you know what? That was where it kind of felt like early on in this game, it was over. And you know what? I, I mean, Sal, I'll, I'll welcome you on the show uh, here early on. But I think that this yeah. this uh, edition of Minor Talk, it, sound, it just sounds redundant, man. I mean, w- how we're opening this show, how we could break down this game, how we could talk about the Miners, how we could talk about this loss, it sounds redundant. So I uh, feel like we should just turn it over to the Miner faithful and just let them vent. I mean, that's yeah. just simply put. No, this is uh, the 600 ESPN El Paso Town Hall for Minor Talk, if you will, if you want to put it that way. But no, in all seriousness, you and I were talking about this, uh, you know, during the the uh, the post game show. But what can we say today that hasn't been said, you know, in the losses earlier this year, the losses last year, and some of the the losses in previous seasons? But looking at it, Adrian, I, I can't really think of anything different to say other than a couple of names, but. It's still a it's still a two score loss. Um, but before I go further off and, and we kind of lose sight of things, I do want to mention one thing. Um, I was out earlier today on National Coffee Day, and uh, I know you had a, a special coffee trip earlier as well. But um, I went out to Global Coffee out on the east side, and I want to give a shout out to Andrew. He was at the uh, the cash register. I was paying for my for my latte. I took Samir and Salma. We had a little little date, you know, before work night, and. Um, he saw the shirt. I was sporting the Minor Talk shirt. And, uh, you know, real cool guy. So shout out to him. And also want to give a shout out to Erica out at uh, Global Coffee on Zaragoza. You guys rock. Hey, I love the fact that they recognize your shirt. Yeah. They uh, noticed that you're a Minor Talk uh, co-host, Sal. And, uh, you know, it's great that we have this kind of feedback from people uh, mm-hmm. on, you know, different wherever it is. So um, I love that. I love that story right there, Sal. Hey, our telephone number, 915-505-6009. Let's just get it started right away. 600 ESPN El Paso. 
Paso everywhere. Social media, online, 600ESPNElPaso.com, where we'll have the recaps. We'll have stories about this one. Uh, UTEP Zay is taking photos as well. So we'll have all of that coming up uh, tonight. Also want to mention attendance tonight went under uh, 10,000. Uh, I didn't know where it was going to land. I thought at one point tonight it was over 10,000. Uh, Zay and I were talking about it as well, but that was where, uh, you know, just press box fodder. That was the kind of over under right there. 10,000, would they come? Would it be over that? Would it be under that? Uh, attendance tonight out at the Sun Bowl, 9,101 fans out there uh, to to witness this team that is one in five right now and that has taken a massive step back uh, in terms of where they're at as a program. Our telephone number here to get things started, 915-505-6009. We have full phone lines uh, to begin the show. Let's uh, go out to our first caller right now here with us, and uh, we'll go out to Rick, who's joining us first here on Minor Talk. Again, the telephone number, if you'd like to weigh in, 915-505-6009. We'll hang with you as long as uh, you'd like, and uh, especially with some calls. We've got a lot of messages coming in. We'll read those as well. But let's get started with Rick here on the show. Rick, good evening. What's going on? Hey, how you guys doing? Thanks for taking my call. Hey, Rick, we're hanging in. How about you? Yeah, <laughs> hanging in there. Just, uh, you know, uh, I'm sure I'm not the only minor fan of Phyllis, but I think we have a culture problem. Um, there's an effort problem. There's a body language issue. Just watching the game. I, I'm worried about, yeah, wins and losses, there's injuries, but there seems to be something just obviously losing sucks, and it's going to take the life out of any ball club. But I'm worried about effort now. I, I heard someone earlier, you know, I was listening to, you know, uh, John Teicher talking and whatnot, and someone said that these guys are fighting, they're competing. I, I, I can't agree. I can't agree. I, I saw a lot of plays with just lazy plays, undisciplined plays, and it's concerning. You know, it, it, it's got to start with coaching, doesn't it? It does. Uh, I am no body language, Dr. Rick. After yeah. UTEP went down 14 nothing, I looked at that sideline, and it was about as disappointing of body language mm-hmm. you could ever see. I mean, really. I, and, and I feel for some of these guys because we interview them. We talk to them all the time. And, you know, some of the coaches as well, they, they're uh, good people, you know. And it's just one of those things right now where you're just looking at this team and you're cringing. That's that's the best way I could say it right now from how they are looking at certain times. I mean, we see the potential, Rick, right? I mean, the, yeah. they're there. They they have opportunities. Yeah. Like you you hear in the post game them talk about opportunities. Opportunities are in front of them. Uh but when it's a critical moments, they have a penalty or some kind of crazy thing that goes oh, yeah. uh opposite their way or when they have, you know, an opportune situation offensively, they'll do something that costs them uh, the actual opportunity to take advantage and, and have success. So that's the disappointing thing for a lot of minor fans, and I think that's why the minor faithful is uh, struggling to to understand why to understand why this is happening right now. I I'm with you on that, and I there's two plays that I lost my mind. Which ones? What, what's that? Uh, the the play where you know is third and long. Demo accepted a penalty. And uh, Stewart takes his helmet off after doing what he's supposed to do. <laughs> so finally, something went right for this, you know, for this on that drive, and they stopped the run. And he takes his helmet off, and it's an automatic 15-yard unsportsmanlike penalty. It's just, I just, I could not watch after that. I just said, I can't believe this. Like these guys are, you know, that's, you're shooting yourself in the foot there. You're self-inflicted wounds, and you can't do that. You can't. You just can't do it. 
You can't do it. And, and did you all miss the stomp in the second quarter? No, we all saw the, it. We all saw it. Everybody we saw, saw it. it, it was horrible. But the officiating crew. Yeah, everybody on social media saw it. Aaron Jones saw it. Warren, uh, our, our boy Warren Sharp for Sharp Athletics out in the NFL saw it. He posted about it on social Jadrian media. Jadrian Taylor, Taylor so talked guys, about yeah. it. Every it's literally yeah. blowing up social media and actually trending across social media right now. The big stomp against uh, Stephen Hubbard, the offensive lineman Hubbard, for the yeah. Miners. Horrible. Well, I'm gonna leave you guys with this, and I want to I want to just get your input on. Um, what what besides getting some wins, but what do you all think needs to happen to for that to transpire? And looking at the future of the program, is this is this the end of the beginning of the end for demo? And, and I'll, I'll leave you guys with that, and I'll I'll look forward to hearing you all. Okay. Hey, I appreciate it, Rick. Thanks for the phone call right there. As far as the beginning of the end, I thought that was start, it started last week. If you're really trying to mark a point for the beginning of the end, because I said it last week when the miners are one and four, backed against the wall, back back in the you know kind of looking at what's ahead for them. Uh, they can talk all they want about conference USA play, but we've seen this program before. They need to play in it within that 500 range of wins and losses in order for them to be in a good place when the season's over i mean look at how uh who they play to close out the season it's western kentucky in november it's middle tennessee middle of november and they close out the year against liberty those are uh, better teams in the conference usa right now and you look at louisiana tech that's a bad football team right there that's a really bad team that i was just not impressed with whatsoever uh hey we're welcoming in duke keith a surprise visit (laughs) from our pal El Paso Hall of Famer. Oh, and my gosh. He is here in our River Oaks Property Schoolyard Sports Studios making a guest appearance, rare guest appearance. I love it, Duke. What's happening? I had hey. to reel you in. I was like waving, uh, waving I was you like, in. No, no, You're no, no. You're just going to say hi. Uh-uh. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I, I know. I tried to say hello to Sal, but that's okay. Um, yeah, I appreciate it. No, it, I just got back from the game myself, and uh, yeah, I, I saw the same thing you guys did. I mean, the, the, the stop is ridiculous. I, I, I would imagine that... Conference USA may not, may not even wait till Monday right. because it is all over social media what exactly happened. And uh, they're going to have something to say about it. But uh, I don't know. I, I mean, the, the stats were down. I haven't looked at the – I didn't get a hold of the final stats. What were the penalties for oh, both teams? Great question. Great question. So I've got them right in front of me. Uh, the penalties were awful. And whatever the for number – teams. Yeah, and whatever the number is, it's it's actually a lower number than what it should have been, right? <laughs> when it was – or what true. it felt like, Sad I should but true. say. Yeah. I mean, it, it was just uh, – you know, it was one of those games that just featured so many different penalties. Uh, I'm looking at it right now. I mean, uh, the Miners, it was actually 19 combined penalties be- uh, between both teams right there. But it felt like 50. It really yeah. did. It felt like every play – Especially toward the end, just there, it, it just dragged on. It was the, the last drive. I know it, it had at least three. I think uh, one on the miners and two on Louisiana Tech, including a roughing the passer with like eleven seconds left. It's like, can can we just be done? Can yeah. we just be done? And uh, yeah, this they. I agree with you. It was two bad football teams out there. You know, Duke, this team had Race a lot to the bottom. Right. And, and this team had high expectations going yeah. into this year. I think that's what's taking everybody so aback by this season is yeah. they, they had high expectations. They wanted to go back to a bowl game and they have a veteran group right now. Right. And that's that's the thing. You get that upper class leadership. You get Dana Dimmel and his staff specifically recruiting line play and depth. There are not. I mean, this level of college football, that's not something you should be deep in either offensive or defensive lines, but UTEP is. And upper-class leadership, guys who elected to stay instead of go somewhere else, they wanted to see this thing out and do it the right way. 
and for them to be one and five right now is just yeah i agree with you it's it's like a it's a unexpected shot to the stomach you're just like oof you know what what and it's got to be i mean we feel it you know that locker room has got to be 10 times as bad. Oh, 100%. And what do you even say to the team afterward? I mean, if you're the coaching staff. And uh, I'm looking at two different conflicting game books. Uh, The other game book I'm looking at right now, by the way, going back to the penalties, has 22 penalties combined for both teams. That sounds better. That sounds like probably about right. Yeah. Yeah. So for that one right there, that's just – it, it was uh, it was a bad football game on both sides, and for Louisiana Tech, they're I'm not calling them a bold team right there. I'm not oh, even necessarily no. calling them a good team. But Duke, how does UTEP? I mean, you heard it from Rick right there in the the previous call. Ask what the solution is. I don't know if there's a solution anymore, I, especially when you talk about yeah, that locker room, uh, knowing that they're one and five on the season. Like there's just no margin for error. They have to win out if they want to be bowl eligible, and I think that that is just yeah, that's just not. Well, I guess they got one more. But no, it's not going to happen. And that's, that's the saddest part. And I, I feel terrible for these guys because, again, these are dudes who wanted to stay. Yes, they went to a bowl two years ago. They wanted to be a part of this. With NIL and, and all the, you know, the free transfers, everybody could have gone. They could have gone to some other place. They elected to stay at UTEP. And that is, I, I think, just what is most surprising, that they have not been able to get it done. As for what you can do, I don't see a solution. I really don't. You just play out the string. I mean, you're playing for pride. You're playing maybe to, you know, for some of these guys, set yourself up. You you want to do right by your seniors. You want to do right by the guys who've stuck it out this whole time uh, and be as good as you can be. But, uh, you know, past that, um, you know, the the team goals are – that's just it's just tough. I don't know where you go from this. I so, honestly don't. I don't know that there's a solution because, and part of it is that there's so many guys injured now. Well, you were talking with me about this during the game. Uh, the the defensive backs are just it's bad. Yes. I I think what I'm most surprised by is the play of the defensive line because for the two games, teams have just run run on them and. Uh, that's, I think, the most surprising aspect of it to me. Yeah, where did that happen? I mean, the defense was supposed to be locked down, and it was also supposed to be pretty stout going into this year. Yeah. Uh, Duke, before we let you go, three quarterbacks got a chance to see action today. First, it was uh, Kevin Hurley. Then they yeah. switch off to Jake McNamara. He gets knocked out of the game and uh, has a fumble on that play as well. Doesn't return. I didn't even see him on the sideline, so I hope the best for him. Kevin Hurley finishes the game. Actually, he didn't finish the game. No. Cade McConnell came in uh, in relief as well. Their fourth-string quarterback, no Gavin Hardison today, their starting quarterback. And, uh, yeah, that's that's an area for uh, major concern for the Miners because you saw without Gavin Hardison how this playbook changes, uh, yeah. you know, from Dana Dimmel's perspective. Yeah, I thought I thought McConnell came in and did a very good job uh, over the, you know, the final few minutes. The few plays that, you know, I, what was like two drives he got to be a part of, right? Two or right. three. Um, and I thought he looked decent. Obviously, he's. They're all going to get lots of reps in practice, and uh, and if Hardison is out, uh, you would assume over the next couple of, and hopefully he's he's better over the next couple of weeks. Dana Dimble saying, and yes. I saw some of your tweets uh, about the post game show as I was on my way out uh, that uh, that he expects to recover, uh, that it's an injury that just needs rest. So hopefully he's you know first prize is Hardison's back, but if not, these guys you know they're going to be jockeying in practice to see who's going to get the best. Uh, uh, of the others, and I, I would think McConnell has a 
pretty decent chance of being in there. Why not? I like that that idea a lot. Uh, Sports Talk's very own Cade McConnell, who's been joining us very often and who's going to be our future spring intern. Uh, Duke, uh, thank you for stopping by. Thanks I don't know what's me. I don't know what's going to happen for the future for UTEP, but your guess is as good as mine. Man. I honestly, and that's that's the thing. I think everybody's just you know kind of dumbfounded that it's that it's this way, and uh, and honestly, there are no answers. There's there's nothing easy. Nothing easy at all. Not for the administration, not for the coaching staff, and not for the team. And, uh, you know, I, I think that's the, one of the hardest things is everybody's so likable. Players, coaching right. staff, there's nobody who's being a jerk about, you know, I've seen that before. Seen it at UTEP before. Yes. I've seen David Lee trying to ban the El Paso Times because he didn't like the way the reporters were writing about stuff. I've seen all of that. Uh, and, and you look at Dana Dimmel and the way his coaching staff has handled it with grace and with dignity, and you appreciate that. But you know some tough decisions are coming. Yep, and they got to win. That's the bottom they line, do. and they're not winning right now. Correct. Yeah. So, thanks Duke, it's great me. to see you. Thanks Thanks for having me. Of course. Anytime. Duke Keith. Shanghai. <laughs> Shanghai. <laughs> Duke Keith, everybody, joining us here on Minor Talk as we continue. Let's get back to the phone lines. Apologies to Henry, who is waiting with us. You give us a call back, Henry. We'll get you on right away. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009 to get into the program. Also available, 600 ESPN El Paso, everywhere. Online, 600 com, And then also, of course, everywhere on social media, 600 ESPN El Paso. Zay is in the house. He just got here from the post-game interview. We'll talk to him in just a little bit. Let's Let's first go out to David, who's joining us on the phone lines, 915-505-6009. David, welcome aboard. Good evening. What's going on? Hey, how's it going? So uh, We're hanging in, David. We're hanging in. How about you? Okay, I have uh, six points to make, okay? Uh, I was at the uh, air house watching the miners. Uh, first of all, I didn't know Hardison or uh, number four, the wide receiver were injured okay. uh not not kelly akari it was tyron smith but yes oh yeah yeah number four uh tyron smith the wide receiver now it didn't matter if if hardison would have played today because he made he, he's making the same mistakes as when he was a freshman the same mistakes he holds on to the ball too long he doesn't read the defense and interceptions when there's two guys on the receiver. That's one. Okay. The bright bright spot for the minors was the running game today. That's it. Uh, no passing game, of course. Now, supposedly, UTEP is supposed to be running the West Coast offense, which is four to five yards, a hitch, an out, an in. Okay. Then you draw the cornerbacks, and then you go on, on a five route. Okay. That's the West Coast offense. Short passes is like a run. And and even with Hardison, uh, Dimmel's play calling is awful. First down, run. Second down, run. Third down, pass. Well, of course, they're going to put eight men, eight men in the box. Okay, I give the defense a D. Okay. Uh, uh, coaching wise, I, I gave all the coaches an F. Mm. That's a, that's a tough grade there, huh? Yes, <laughs> uh, an F because they did not prepare them. Whoever got the the snaps in practice, 
Sergeant was up, they did not prepare them right. Because on the West Coast offense, you go for short passes. And the passes they threw were long, most of them. Okay? No. West Coast offense is you pass to prepare the run. Okay? Very simple. Well, four yards out, in, a curl. And then you bring in the like I said, bring in the defense, the corners, and then you go on a fly rock. Okay? And then you go long. But first, you got to go uh, two yards here, four yards here. Yeah, you're going to run the ball. But as far as wide receivers, they need speed. They don't have speed. And the and the cornerbacks, you you said that uh, the cornerbacks were injured. It's the next man up. That's why you recruit them. Yep. Yep, I hear you, man. Hey, David, appreciate your phone call, man. Thanks for weighing in. Uh, you're like a lot of other minor fans who are disgruntled right now and very disappointed. Uh, David, I'll just say this: you keep you kept saying West Coast offense. I got to stop you there. There's uh, nothing about the West Coast or UTEP's offense that reminds me of the West Coast offense. They've never even attributed their offense to being West Coast offense. So this is the Kansas State offense that they've ran that Dana Dimmel ran back in Kansas State with Bill Snyder. So uh, you know that that's the type of style offense offense that they have and it, it is largely based on a run first approach it's based on uh, winning battles within the trenches having success up front with your offensive line and establishing and uh, controlling the run game now you heard in the post game interview about uh, you know Dana Dimble talking about the r- approach the game plan how uh, his philosophies changed throughout the game they were down 14 nothing before you could even blink and the reality was uh, you had two guys who really had no experience ever throwing the football in a real game uh, at the Division One level in both Kevin Hurley, Jake McNamara, trying to play from behind. I'm not giving excuses. I'm just saying it is what it is. Miners were kind of doomed at that point. And... Um, Again, I, I really didn't put as much stock into this game. I put a lot of stock into the previous game against UNLV, and that one, to me, was the more disappointing one. This one, I felt like uh, it's more of the same. It felt like a lot of what we've seen all season long with the Miners, and it's just another loss uh, under their belt right now as they try to you know continue the season. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. As we welcome on Zay to the program, Ronnie is coming up next. Our telephone number is 915 915- Five five zero five six zero zero nine. If you'd like to weigh in on the show, if you have any thoughts, uh, send it our way. Six hundred ESPN El Paso, or give us a call right now. Zay, good evening, man. Uh, you and I were both at the Sun Bowl covering this one. Uh, you were there during the post game. Give me the takeaways that you had from hearing from head coach Dana Dimmel, uh, and then we'll move forward on players afterward. But what were your thoughts on Dimmel? What did he say? Yeah, you know, he was very, you know Dana Dimley, he's not going to get too grounded after a loss, too high after a win, so he was very, you know, relaxed, um, he was disappointed, he just, you know, he talked a lot about the start, how they, they went down 14-0 to early, and how that really disrupted their game plan, and uh, how they really just couldn't recover from that. He did say, you know, if they got off to a better start, he definitely thought they would have won this game, and he still said they should have won this game. So, you know, he just talked about staying grounded a lot, you know, don't get too low. And um, Kobe Hilton, he didn't shy away from the fact that there was some bickering on the sideline. And, um, you know, that was a big thing to me. You know, we know that these guys, you know, are, are at this point, 
it's tough for them. It's tough for them. It's tough for them to stay calm, cool, relaxed. And he said there was some bickering on the sideline and that, you know, contributed to the reasons, you know, UTEP lost. And that was, that really stood out to me for him to be that brutally honest. And, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see going into the bye week and, uh, what that what that team is looking like what that locker room is looking like okay so you said bickering on the sideline are we talking about finger pointing it was it that kind of thing was it starters calling out other starters how was that like approach because that that's a weird dynamic to even be around as a media member you don't obviously want to get too close to all that stuff but you hear it i mean you hear the fans yelling at the players you hear the fans yelling at the team and the coaches coaching staff and then you now see some of the players uh you know like you said use the word bickering what was that like? Well, um, like it was last year, I mean last week, it was awkward. And Dana Demo, when he was asked about that, it was awkward because he had just said you want to avoid finger pointing. And when you you know, you find out that, you know, a guy just said that there was some bickering, you know, it was it was a bit awkward. And it's tense, you know, and, and I think it's supposed to be tense. I think that, that, that shows that these guys they don't wanna be one in five at this point. They wanna win and you know, Holding each other accountable, that's something, you know, you're going to see a lot in college football anywhere. So, you know, it was very tense on the sideline. Obviously, there was some finger pointing, nothing too crazy. But, um, yeah, the word I would use, once again, is awkward. Okay, I got it. Uh, let's go to the phones, 915-505-6009. Good stuff, Zay. Let's head out to Ronnie, who is joining us next on the phone lines. Ronnie, good evening, man. What's happening? I got to reevaluate my life. Man. Every Friday <laughs> or Saturday, I'm up. Watching minor football at like two in the morning on the East Coast and calling to the show. Now Ronnie, I, 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 I am preventing. You know what? You know what, Ronnie? I'm, uh, I'm somehow going to get your ESPN subscription uh, subscription when it comes to the month of October because you have zero business on the East Coast calling us, watching any of the Wednesday night games or or betting on any of the UTEP games. Uh, we are holding you. We are restricting you from that stuff right there. Uh, month of October, you have to take a break from you. Yeah. UTEP football. Yeah, you're not telling me. Hey, uh, I thought, um, hey, I mean, the Miners lost. I, mean, I knew that was going to happen, so I'm not going to beat a dead horse. I, I don't think that it um, – I mean, all the things that I talked about after they went to the bowl game are, are happening. They're, they're here now. They're in fruition, full effect. Um, so I'm not going to beat a dead horse and all that. I was happy to see other quarterbacks get a chance to, to, to play, right? Even though they didn't Who'd you like play. the most? Don't ask me that, bro. Don't ask me that. Anybody with, with not with the last name Hardison is okay by me, to be honest with you. We've just seen that story one too many times. I think anybody you could throw out there and they got more of an upside, right? They still got a chance to surprise you. So I, I thought that was cool to see that many people get a get a crack of live game action, right? Some of these guys haven't had a, a live game rep. So, you know, there's going to be mistakes made or misreads. That's, that's just part of it. But, you know, I'm glad we're – doing something different, even if we're being forced to do it. I think now, though, uh, the attention really has to, to shift towards center. Like, he has to he has to make a move. Like, I, I don't want to hear about money and politics, and he has to make a move. Like I, like I told you three weeks ago, Demo's already lost the locker room. It's evident. So you got to make a move. You probably should make it midseason and to go at the interim and kind of let somebody have a jolt. And here's something I want to bring up that I thought was – that I'm curious why the Lions haven't done it. You know, El Paso is a wonderful city, but it is a Hispanic city. Let's go get a Hispanic coach, man, that knows the culture and, and can really put a jolt in these guys, kind of like Ron Rivera does. You know, let's really go after somebody that has that heritage because it's just not working any other way. And I think you got to 
not only bring the fan base together, but you got to put a better product out there. And you got to have, you know, and I think there's got to be some guys that could, could could do that, and then could also relate to the fan base and what the city of El Paso is, man. It's not Chicago, it's not L.A., it's not Miami. You know, and you look at what Miami did, hiring Crystal Ball. You know, I mean, that's what you got to do, man. You got to relate to what your city is at the end of the day. That that's how you win locker room that's how you win the alumni that's how you win donors and that's how you win freaking games because you, you get the right kids to play for something more than just you know the, the institution they go to it's deeper than that you know with uh rob rodriguez he's somebody who's from el paso uh played in el paso is now a coach uh, i believe he's a linebackers coach with the cardinals which people would roll their eyes and think hey sean coogler 2.0 with ties to el paso um, but that's somebody who's uh, been thrown around a bunch as far as, you know, maybe somebody UTEP would look at if they were to make a directional change at the end of the season. Uh, now, I, I don't – I mean, it's an interesting point you bring up there, uh, Ronnie, and I think it's one that uh, a lot of minor fans would agree with. Maybe somebody more relatable, somebody who has uh, ties, associations to the community. You mentioned uh, the Mexican-American culture here in El Paso. I mean, uh, sure, that could be that could be a thing that – uh, maybe ignites the fan base and stuff like that. I just think, bottom line, you get somebody who wins here, it doesn't matter what their background is, who they are, if they're young, old, whatever. It doesn't matter. It, you just got to get a winner here. And over the last, uh, I mean, really, uh, this UTEP football program is historically bad. I sound like a broken record, but it just is what it is. And since the days of Mike Price, when he had success early in the 2000s, uh, they just haven't got back to that point where they have that na- uh, national relevance, where they're winning, uh, and when they're atop, you know, even their conference. So that's just the bottom line. Hey, uh, let's keep things moving. Our telephone number, and by the way, appreciate the phone call, Ronnie. Uh, always great to talk to you. 915-505-6009. Let's continue to burn through phone calls. Chris is going to join us next, and then we got a a rare late-night phone call from our man Orly. So let's go to Chris first, then we'll get to Orly. 915-505-6009. Chris, good evening, man. What's happening? Uh, Yes, sir. No, I've just been a loyal fan for forever as, as, as for high school. But the people that um, we, I like to get uh, tailgate going and everything have a good time but at the end of the day we're like minor fans and the people that come they're like why are we going if the minors lose and it's the same thing every year every year every year and it's just we need a change like by price that's the last time we had a good time with uh, with the minors we had a sold out I went to school we went to school in 2005, 2006, where we would sell out the crowd, and and the miners, like they would rock with with Jordan Palmer, and it's just embarrassing. Like my coworkers, they're like, "What are we gonna do?" Like, "Well, let's go to the minor game," and they're like, "For what? They're gonna lose." And how do you argue with them? My uh, my best thing with them is like, "All right, well, let's tailgate." Like, "All right, well, let's tailgate." And that's their they're coming to the minor game, man. They'll tailgate and they'll take out before the game because it's just a, a losing tradition for the last thirty years. UTEP football, UTEP basketball. It is what it is. The minor El Paso will support the minors no matter what, but it comes to a point where 
Enough is enough. Well, and and thank you for the phone call, Chris. I appreciate it. But you saw it tonight. I mean, look at the first two crowds. You said you referenced like 2004, 2005. Last year they sold out the Sun Bowl with 45,000 plus in attendance for a home game against North Texas in which they came out and, you know, they looked flat. They came out really disappointed the crowd. They came into last season with equally high expectations around that team and they didn't uh, accomplish any of those high expectations or whatever was placed on, you know, the goals that they had uh, set before last year's season. This year's season kind of feels the same, but maybe even a little worse. I mean, they're starting off 1-5 for the first time since 2019, and that 2019 team was really bad. I mean, their only win came against Houston Baptist, which was an FCS team. And look at this year. Their only win thus far comes against Incarnate Word, who is an FCS team, and that came at home. So uh, for the Miners right now, they've got to figure out a way to get wins because uh, – it's. I mean, to say that the time is running out, that's an understatement. Their back's against the wall. It kind of feels like the beginning of the end of this era, whatever you want to call it. And that's just kind of the bottom line with this team right now. I know the minor fan uh, base is just energized or fired up about this one in negative ways, and how could you blame them right now? Uh, before we get to Orly, I'm going to burn through a couple tweets that came in. Rip City trades with this one. Dana Dimmel is running the offense similar to when Kyle Loxley was playing. There might not be enough time to come back uh, in this season. Junior413 sends us this one. I think Coach Mike Price is pitching for one of his sons to become the next head coach. Uh, this is coming from Eric at eBow27. Does our offense think that we'll get points for accumulating as many penalties in one drive as possible? Ridiculous. Pinky checks in with this one. Miners cannot earn a break this season. Got to earn breaks. Hashtag Miner Talk. This one's coming in from Rip City Trades as well. Sad reality is UTEP finds themselves in an old familiar place. The need to reset with another coach, aside from anger from fans, it's also somber. Change is needed. Will UTEP admin do it, though? A commitment to success is needed by this university. Hashtag Miner Talk. David Castro with this one. Game plan was a load of crap. LaTeX wasn't any better than us. The crowd size should be a signal that we need a change. Heather Wilson. Also, this shows the state of the program as an alum with a bachelor's and a master's. This is a pathetic. That is coming from David Castro. Uh, let's keep things moving. We're just letting fans voice their frustrations and vent their frustrations here on the show. Orly is next with us. Orly, uh, you're joining us right around midnight. I really appreciate the late phone call. What's going on, man? You know, first of all, Binky, you make your own mistakes. You, you know, we can't get a break. You make your breaks. You make them. Don't blame that we can't get a break. We need to make our own breaks. This, it's got to stop. I'm tired. Uh, somebody called in right now about Robert Rodriguez. No, we've had that experience with the UTEP family. Kugler, Floyd, you don't need that. Rodriguez, I don't, I'm Hispanic. I could care less if it's Hispanic, purple, green, whatever. You don't need a defensive-minded coach. And that's what he is. You need to change this whole program. You know, if he brings back demo next year, I'm not renewing my season tickets. I'm tired. This guy, you can predict what he's going to do. What did I tell you one time? Uh, um, that once you're down 14, we're not coming back. 
There was no, and I don't want to hear the excuses that we didn't have a quarterback. Yes, you, you didn't recruit a quarterback. No, they didn't recruit a quarterback. And and the thing is, he wants to run, run, run. You know why? That's why your attendance was good for twenty eight thousand for two games. People were there, so don't blame the people that are not showing up. Now it's on him. He's costing UTEP money because 9,000 people showed up to the game today. There's no excuse for that. It's time that they go, and I'm tired of the old adage, we got to start from the belt and build a foundation. We've been doing that for the last 40 years. That foundation's cracked. It's time to go and get a young, aggressive coach. I don't care if it's a quick fix for two years. You you start winning in two years, and that guy moves on. You get the next assistant coach to come in and keep it going. With the portal, you should be able to do it. Of course, it's going to cost money, and that's the biggest problem. We don't have that. We don't have corporate like San Antonio does with Toyota, USAA, Valero. We don't have all that here. So we've got to do what we can best. But I am tired. It's frustrating. We were sold a bill of goods. We're going to have our best seasons, a senior-laden team, Hardison. I think Hardison has been ruined by this coaching staff. Mm. I, think he, I think he's a good quarterback. I think they ruined him. I really do. I think they're, they, uh, he's not been coached right. You, you know what? I can't remember Gary Nord was here. And he went bad, and I think he lost to Cal State, Ollie or someone they fired. Yeah, I remember he that. He, he was replaced. They brought in Mike Price, an offensive-minded coach. What did he do the following year with Norris players? He won. I get, There's talent on this team, a lot of talent on this team. And I think it's just not being coached right. It's um, – I mean, you can you can sit in the in in the standing and dictate what the running play is going to be. You can call the play before it even starts. Oh, he wants time of possession. What good is he when you lose by 15, 20? You can have all the time of possession in the world. You're not going to win. You have no offense. There's no. I, I'm frustrated, guys. I'm sorry. No, hey, Orly, I appreciate the phone call, man. You're just like other minor fans, and you know what you uh, basically said right there is you're not settling for this mediocrity. You're not settling for a rebuild. You know, something to sell you on next year to rebuild this team as it currently stands with the current regime. You want change from the top, and you're holding this university, and you're really holding your uh, fandom accountable here. You're not. You said you said it best. You you're not going to renew if if things. Change, uh, don't change uh, within this regime right here. So I appreciate the phone call, Orly. Thanks for weighing in. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. Zay, you had something. I know you wanted to jump in on that Gavin Hardison point right there. You like that one from Orly. Yeah, I'm just very disappointed in how this coaching staff has gone about developing Gavin Hardison. I don't think they have done him justice. Like uh, like we all know, he has a cannon of an arm. He has the physical tools that uh, you know a successful quarterback should have. And we just haven't seen development from him. And that's just that's a sad truth of it. And uh, you know. I just I think he has so much talent, and I agree with Orly. I think this team has so much talent, and I just think it needs to be utilized in a much different way. 
Yeah, I, I hear where you're coming from. Uh, let's go back to the phones. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. Hunter is next on the program. Hunter's been around this program for a long time. Uh, he calls in frequently here on Minor Talk. Hunter, good evening, man. What's happening? What's going on, guys? Hey, did you go to the game, Hunter? What do you think? No. Exactly. I, I wasn't even going to call in until until Ronnie called in, and it's it's one of the rare times that I disagree with him, you know. As far as any analysis of the game, it's a waste of anybody's time. They're terrible team, terrible. We're coach. just going to say the same thing. We're just going to exactly. say the same thing as last week, the week before, the week before that. Exactly. It is what it is. Call it what it is. I hate all the snake oil salesmen. I hate all the. Dimble sounds like a politician, you know. And I don't care where you're at on the political spectrum. They're all liars. He's a liar. Call it what it is. You know, I'm tired of hearing his nonsense excuses and oh we got this one play and you know we just do this or we just get a call that's a bunch of garbage you know it's a bad team that's poorly coached that he's lost but anyway the part that i disagree with ronnie on is what in the world does the culture of el paso have to do with winning there's no correlation with a head coach of a football team and the demographic or population of a city you know and and you know prime example, and I throw that word in there conveniently, is Deion Sanders taking over in Boulder, Colorado, where the black population is less than 2%. What does that have to do with uh, sparking the fan base? They sold out every game this year. It has nothing to do with the demographics. It has everything to do with the coaching and the program and the excitement that they bring to it and and the kind of fire that they bring to the program. I, I, I think it would be a huge mistake to bring anyone that's ever been associated with anything UTEP. Because over the last however many years of football UTEP's had, 70, 80 years, we've had like five winning seasons, if that. Why would we want to bring anyone that was associated with that? I'd say nothing UTEP and nothing El Paso because we've had nobody from El Paso that that has had any success, uh, you know, coaching in a head coaching capacity. There, there has, we haven't had high-level football here. You have to bring someone from the outside. And if you want a younger person, we sure as heck haven't had any uh, success recently. So, you know, I think this year's a, a, it's, it's, it's a lost season, and I do feel for some of the players, you know, uh, Tyrese Knight being one because that guy could have gone and played at a big-time university, and he'd probably be looking at being a first-round draft pick. Man. But he's lost, he's lost in obscurity here, and uh, he, he'll probably still make the league, but just he's surrounded by, by nonsense and no discipline, no fire, no heart, and no guidance. No leadership is the biggest problem. They don't get it. Because the coaching staff, sure, they don't hold themselves accountable. So, he. It's like children or it's like people that you lead or, or, or that you supervise. People don't emulate what you say. So the nonsense that comes out of your mouth, which everything that comes out of that guy's mouth is nonsense, is irrelevant to anybody. People emulate what they observe. People will do what you do. So obviously that guy's got faults in his personality and, and the way he conducts his business because that's clear with his team. They do Stupid stuff, like make a good play and take your stupid helmet off after it and cost your team seven points. 
and 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 a team that scores, you know, struggles to score, you can't do that. It's dumb penalties, false starts that you shouldn't have, holdings that you shouldn't have, everything. And and Zay and, and some of the others, I, I completely disagree. Gavin Hardison has never been a good quarterback. He has a strong arm. There's a huge difference between a strong arm and being a good quarterback. Nowhere does that correlate. That does not ever mean you're a good quarterback. He's never made good reads. He can never make adjustments at the line. He, he stares down his receivers. He's a bad quarterback. And that's the coaching staff picking the wrong people. But as far as the future, just scratch this because we can't get any lower and start fresh with something that has no history here with UTEP. Okay. My, my on it. I hear you, Hunter. Hey, I appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks for weighing in. I understand your frustrations. Uh, to your point about uh, the five seasons, by the way, five, get this, guys, this is going to hurt one. And, and Sal, I want to bring you in on this one. All right. Uh, Miners have had five winning seasons in the 21st century. Five winning seasons in 23 years. Zero bowl wins, of course. Haven't won a bowl game since 1967. Uh, their bowl win at the Sun Bowl against Ole Miss five winning seasons just winning like just being above 500 since 2000 that's crazy mm. you know what's what's even crazier is we, we know that number is bad it's terrible it's atrocious this is this is a historically bad football program that's just that's a simple fact but we're just talking about 21st century how about since the inception of um the college of mines how many winning seasons have the miners had since then Mm, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, I, I would say I have no idea. I, I don't I know. Really want to know. Yeah, I'll I don't look know. It up right now, I mean, yeah. that's that's also pre. Uh, it's like b- before the bowls were popularized. So, so I'm wh- looking. Where at do the f- we start then? Like since they became UTEP, I think you can start. Uh, I think you could start right after the bowl win. I really do. I think that's uh, even okay. even in those seasons. I think it's fair to include those. The Bobby Dobbs era, where they were the Flying Miners. I think it's fair to include them. So I would say everything post Bobby Dobbs. He got here 1965. Everything post then, and see what that number really looks like. That would be interesting to see how many winning seasons they've had. Uh, you know, up to that point. And I think that's probably you know. I'm not saying modern, but at least more modern than. Like like the 50s and the 40s when they're in the border, uh, if, inter, you know, athletic conference. If we're going to do Bob, like post-Bobby Dobbs, that starts with Tommy Hudspeth in 73. So Correct. that'll be the starting point. I'll count them down. I have it right in front of me. Let's see here. So we start in 73, and just by looking at it, Adrian, I don't see a winning season until 87. With Bob Stoll going 10 and 3. Go. So that's one after, uh, well, seven and four, and then 10 and three the year after. So that's two going up, going up, two. Then in 2000, which eight and is four. number three, eight and four. And then um, Price, eight and four, Price, eight and four again. So that's five. And then it is one with Kugler, uh, if I'm not mistaken. There we go. Correct. Seven six. and six. So seven. Wow. Since uh, post Bobby Dobbs, I'll look it over. I may be off by one because I breezed through it. But is seven, you know, much worse than eight? Because eight is still atrocious too. <laughs> yeah, I hear you, man. Uh, let's keep things moving. Nine one five five zero five six zero zero nine. Our telephone number to get into the program: six hundred ESPN El Paso everywhere online and six hundred ESPN El Paso dot com. Actually, let's do this. Let's pause ten seconds for station identification. We're past the uh, legal ID. We had a couple callers come in. I, I try to squeeze them in. You're listening to Minor Talk, brought to you by the Oscar ID at the agency. We'll be back in less than ten, right here on six hundred ESPN El Paso.
Going back to the phones, 505-6009 is our telephone number. Augustine joins us next. Augustine, good evening. What's happening? Hey, Adrian. Hey, Sal. Uh, I, I think Zay is, they, is there now. But uh, yes. I, I, I'm just going to toot my horn and say I've been saying this for four years, four or five years. And and, 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 and I, I think a lot of you were like, oh, Augustine's crazy. This is going to get us to the, to the homeland. It just, you know, unfortunately, and I say unfortunately because I want UTEP to do well. It, it just, a lot of people didn't see it. And, and, and it's really sad that people are finally seeing the light. And, 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 and you know what's worse for people that, to say that Augustine was right. But anyway, uh, Adrian, I, I got a big question. And I know we've been talking about, you know, either hotshot young coaches or established coaches uh, to come into the program. Because we know Demo is going to be bought out by his program because he's got some things in his contract. Which Do we? He can be bought out. He can be bought out, I think, for 60% of his contract if if he doesn't make a bowl or something like that. Um, but, you know, and some people said going local, and we've, we've tried that. Some people said going national. We've tried that. And now, Sal, you guys say about this history, about UTEP, about being this, you know, losing program. So, So here's my question for you. Should we be paying attention to UTEP football anyway, or should we focus on uh, on the programs that actually win and 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 try to do something different for UTEP? For example, girls volleyball, girls soccer, and I know they don't pay the bills, but I mean we always look at football as this, you know, godlike something sport where where here it's a history of losing so uh yeah and augustine i appreciate the phone call man you're just going on a tangent go ahead Sal. i see what he's trying to say but it has to be said he's talking about women's volleyball who's been phenomenal um you know within the last uh, couple of years ever since uh, coach wallace really stepped foot on campus but i want to disagree there because I don't think you should support other programs just because the football team is bad. You should support them because they're good. They go out there every single night and put it all on the floor. Uh, you know, softball's had, um, you know, they've had their moments, but whatever the case is, you shouldn't support a women's program just because the men's program isn't doing that well. You support them because good they're good. Yeah, great point, Sal. Yeah, I mean, if you're a volleyball fan, you're a volleyball fan. If you're a women's basketball, I mean, regardless, Whatever, yeah, we, we've had the, track and field. This is this is such golf, an evergreen. Yeah, yeah I, I don't even want to give this one a lot of attention. This is such an evergreen topic that we've talked a lot about. They're obviously going to pay a lot of attention to football. Football is one of the most popular sports in America. This is not not just an, an El Paso thing. This is nationwide. There's a reason why people care. There's a reason why people visit us at the district whenever we do it. The tailgate parties, the watch parties, because they care. They're invested. There's a reason why there were 30,000 people in attendance for a game for the Miners in which they hosted Incarnate Word fresh off a disappointing loss at Jacksonville State. There's a reason why 28,000 still showed up when they were 1-3 on the season for that UNLV game. And yeah, you could tell me all you want about GCU buying tickets, Oscar Leeser buying tickets, but you still have to go to the game. You still have to enter the gates and you still have to do something and take action to where you actually... Uh, 
go to the game. Fans support, bottom line, fans support this team. Yeah. Uh, and they've shown it. And you know what they show? That if this team does not uh, come through on their end, and the Miners right now, 1-4 and four on the season, that's why they had 9,000 in attendance today. And, and you know what? You cannot fault a community for supporting their uh, their local business, right? You can't su- you can't fault them for supporting their local athletics program. I mean, that's something that fans were saying. Hey, uh, the community needs to be more involved. They've done that. Now it's just a matter for the team to go out there and repay the fans. Exactly. Yeah. You're you're exactly right on that. Our telephone number nine one five five zero five six zero zero nine to get in the program. Greg, we just lost you. Give us a call back. We were going to get you right after Augustine. Give us a call back if you're listening, Greg. Uh, Miner in Wisconsin sends us this. President Wilson, when introduced at UTEP, said athletics was at the front porch of a university. Because of UTEP's neglect of our football program, our front porch continues to be in in disrepair. We need a young, innovative, offensive-minded coach to get the fans back and win games. This is coming in from Sleepy Kev, Kev 5. I can't believe they actually allowed the stomp to happen. I've officially lost faith in conference. USA officiating across all sports. Did you ever have faith in Conference USA refs in any sport, Kev? Come on, man. You're a bigger UTEP fan That's than all of us. That's a dangerous game, man. Come on, man. I'm not a UTEP <laughs> That's fan. It's a lot of there. courage. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's keep things moving. It is. Uh, this is coming in from Rick, the bright side, seeing Tyrese Knight cover the field. He'll play on Sundays. I just want to go. I mean, we've heard this from a couple. I mean, Hunter references. Others have referenced this on Minor Talk already. But what we've learned from Tyrese Knight is he's starting to grab national attention. He le- he leads the country in tackles right now. He's also somebody who's getting attention by the Reese's Senior Bowl. He has a legit shot. I'm being serious when I say this. He has a legit shot of being UTEP's first player drafted in the NFL draft since Will Hernandez was in 2018. People are going to practice to watch him. They are looking at him in a big way. He is a run stopper. If you're playing uh, a defense that runs a 3-4-4-3, he seems versatile. Seems like a guy who could play a lot of different positions at that linebacker spot. Uh, Zay, I I feel like Tyrese Knight is that bright spot on this team, which is uh, where it's hard to find bright spots. Yeah, you know, and um, just disappointing for him. You know, obviously he came back. He had the opportunity to go anywhere in the country probably, and um, he's stuck on this squad that's 1-5. in five, So <clears throat> just hope the best for him. He's really tearing it up, and um, it should be interesting to see uh, – you know, hopefully nothing goes wrong towards the end of the season. No, I mean, hey, look, I'm I'm hoping all the best for Tyrese Knight, man. Uh, he can't afford any of that, any anything bad to happen. So, uh, yeah, I'm hoping for the best for that guy. He's he's a good guy. And all, by the way, you know, Duke mentioned this earlier. Uh, these guys are, are legit good guys. Dana Dimmel is a legit good guy. Like he is very genuine to all the media members, and he is nice to everybody. With all that being said, none of that matters to any of the fans. All they care about is wins and losses. And right now, the fan base is out, completely out. I can't find you uh, a lot of people out there who will back this coaching staff the way it stands right now because of a the high expectations around this team and b the history of losing within this coaching staff specifically. Uh, Rip City Trades sends us this one. Full of what-ifs, yet the other teams seem to be the good ones improving. La Tech finally won a road game after 16 tries. 
Thanks, Dimmel. That's coming from Rip City Trades. Yeah, by the way, uh, what was the streak? Yeah, it was 16 games yeah. for La Tech. That's, that's crazy in itself. I mean, losing 16 games in a row on the road. Uh, that is, wow. That's a big one there. Uh, this coming in from Poncho. It's frustrating and exhausting to be a UTEP football fan. Penalties in critical times. Poor play selection. How dumb do you have to be to be down two quarterbacks and continue to run with the third one? The def- the defense kept them in the game, aside from the dumb penalty uh, by number 54, hashtag minor talk. Uh, this one is coming in from Callaway. I can't listen to Coach Dimmel's postgame interview. He is oblivious. This is coming in from uh, this is coming in from Manny David. Different week, same result. I don't even see them winning at home against NMSU at this point. One and eleven. Here we come. Uh, this coming in from Javier Ramirez. UTEP is playing like they're tanking for Caleb Williams. <laughs> Fire Dimmel. <laughs> Their play calls were so predictable. I did like McNamara as quarterback. I hope they continue developing him. Uh, interesting point there. He liked McNamara. I'll get into more on the quarterbacks and you know who we liked, who we who we didn't like, and all that kind of stuff. Greg is hanging with us. He's back with us on the phones. Then we're going to Milkman right after him. Greg, good evening. What's going on? Uh, yes. What's it's happening, just, Greg? No, it's just frustrating. Year after year, after year after year, with the with the miners, the hype of this is the year, and and El Paso, they do their thing, they follow through, they go through with their their promotions with GCU and and all the other um, sponsors, but at the end of the day, it's just embarrassing with the with the with the football team. And Dimmel has to go. He has to go. Has to go. And there's so much, like, free tickets here, military, first responder. That's what, that's what's um, building up the stand right now. Dimmel has to go. It's just embarrassing. I understand he had a good record with uh, Kansas State. Wait, he never was at Texas State, my friend. Uh, Oh, Kansas State. I'm sorry about that. I mean, yeah, as an offensive coordinator, though, as a head coach, not a lot of success. And that's embarrassing. Offensive coordinator, and he's averaging 70 points, 14, 20 points a game. It's embarrassing. He has a a NFL prospect quarterback with Hardison, with his size, with his arm strength, and he can't. Produce like a twenty-yard, thirty-yard, forty-yard pass with him. He's Hardison's reading, and uh, I'm not the first one to to um, call it out. He's reading his his wide out the first read option. He's looking at him, and I'm not the first one. I listen to Steve Kaplowitz and everything, and everyone knows it in El Paso. The tight team and the coaching staff. It starts with the, the, the head coach, quarterback coach. Yeah. And and, and I, I, I feel bad for Hardison. He has the size. He has the, the weight to be a, a, maybe a second, third round, of obviously not a first round, but a fourth round, fifth round. But he's not going anywhere. Our, our, our thing was, all right, UTEP is going to do good. Because we have a uh, we have Hardison, he's been on the program for 
so many years. All right, he's going to lead us to the promised land. And the promised land, uh, unfortunately, though, uh, unfortunately for the promised land for UTEP is a bowl game at in Hawaii or Albuquerque. And it's sad to say, but it is what it is. We're, we're frustrated. We're demoralized. Like, please, just give us a winning season with UTEP. Like, a true fan. I'll tailgate when my work lets me. I'll tailgate. And I'll tell my my family, my friends, hey, we're tailgating and we're supporting UTEP. And a lot of people laugh at me. Why? You know what? It is what it is. Man, this sounds like a, a supporters group right now. This is like the third person who said this right now. They're, they're essentially being ridiculed for doing this, going to UTEP games. Zay, you're, you've said this before as like a, like a student at, in high school. Does anybody that you know in high school go to UTEP games? No, and they're not going to go on a Friday especially. I mean, they'd rather go watch you know high school football, as most people in El Paso would at this point. I hear you. Uh, Greg, I appreciate the phone call, man. I understand your frustrations. A lot of minor fans feel the same way. Uh, thank you for weighing in on the show, and I appreciate the honesty and the candidness by you. Uh, our telephone number, 915-505-6009. We've had full phone lines the entire show. If you're trying to get in, now is the time to do it. 915-505-6009. Apologies, apologies for those who've been hanging, who've been dro- who dropped. Uh, if you've tried to get in on the show, now is the time to do it. 915 915- Five six zero zero nine. A couple more calls to get to. Uh, Milkman coming up. Travis also on deck. Uh, come, let's go to social media super quick. This is Justin who is sending us this. UTEP starts one and five, and they're likely to finish the season one and eleven or two and ten. I hope it's only a matter of time until Dimmel is gone. I'd love to see a young, enthusiastic, offensive-minded coach who can also recruit and motivate, but that but that might be asking. For too much. Um, this is coming in from Joe Chacon, our pal. Uh, haven't seen a lot of Joe Chacon here uh, here today. This would have changed the game. Not only is this blatant and deliberate, but also callous. Talking about the stomp uh, by La Tech. This is from Joe again. How the hell was this missed? Blows my mind. I was watching and bowl. Uh, I was watching at bowling league, and everybody saw it. Conference USA needs to check itself. Hashtag minor talk. Sal, people won't let this one go. Yeah, you know what? It it was obviously a terrible uh, missed call, but I I gotta completely disagree about I, it changing yep. the game because uh, there was a combined. I looked it up. I think twenty two penalties, and um, I I don't know if it was um thirteen on UTEP or nine on UTEP. Either way, thirteen or nine on law tech how about those how did how did that help out the miners i mean when you're basically right. being gifted a first down and you do nothing with it you get you're getting this turnovers that you're doing nothing with on a consistent basis i don't think this would have changed the game because even then too how did the team react to them stepping on hubbard like that how did they react to it no dog in them at all literally getting dog walked by the dogs in your own stadium how the hell do you let that happen Damn. What's going on, man? Yeah. There's no way this would have changed. They weren't mad enough after that. There's no, no way. You, you can't convince me. 
Jadrian Taylor said the same thing on social media. He was disappointed in the lack of response. What do you think, Zay? Yeah, it's pretty disappointing that nobody... You, you were went, close to Yeah, that one. but, uh, you know, I'm going to be honest here. Nobody was paying attention to Stephen Hubbard. Everybody, Everybody was paying attention at, at, one, the ball. Where's the ball? Louisiana Tech recovered a fumble there. Everyone's looking at Jake, who's down, injured. So I'm not going to give him an excuse, a pass here. But I'm going to be honest. Not many people actually caught that play on the field when it happened. No, not a lot did either. I, I know what you're saying. I mean, us in the booth didn't see it. Like in the press box, we did not see it whatsoever. Uh, in the press box, I, we saw it all on social media. And so everybody's like, Rip City Trades uh, went viral on social media. Shout out to him. Aaron Jones quote tweeted him, and everybody stole his video. So uh, shout out to him. He he posted that video right away, and that's how I was able to find that one uh, pretty quick. Let's go back to the phones. 915-505-6009. Milkman is next. He's been patiently waiting travis has also been patiently waiting we'll get to you uh soon travis milkman good evening man what's going on hey uh well um gee it, it seems an awful lot like last week doesn't it um like i don't know if you know obviously Andrew's coming in. wait 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 milkman milkman we, we're, we're getting cut off by you real quick G- give us uh give oh. us that what you just said right there again Sorry, I, I can you hear me now? Yes, I hear you perfect. Okay. Um, no, I was just saying, you know, the fans are, I'm sure they're despondent and, you know, probably not, uh, you know, in their misery, not really thinking right. But you've had some pretty dumb calls tonight. I mean, like the one guy saying we should give up football for women's volleyball, which, I mean, yeah, that's great. Go sport women's volleyball. But that's, <laughs> that's kind of a dumb thing to say. But, um, and and then the other guy saying that we should hire somebody based on whether they're Hispanic or not for the new coach. I mean, they, they, these are it's silly. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't I don't know if uh, you know people's. Obviously, I'm I'm upset. I'm, I'll be honest. I'm probably not as upset as I was last week because I <laughs> I kind of saw what was coming this week after because last week I, you know I I was kind of viewing that as a test of how they'd be and after last week I don't I didn't really see him winning another game um but you know we <laughs> those of us who are faithful and those of us who have been you know doing this for years and years and just getting the crap kicked out of us um we're tired of it you know I mean obviously I'm still gonna go to the games I'm still gonna go support them but um, we've got it we gotta have a change I mean this is just not you know I, and again, I'm going to mention again the lackadaisical attitude and just being happy-go-lucky on the post-game show when you know you're you're putting your fans through misery and Dana Dimmel's out there acting like, oh well, you know we, we could have done it, we could have gotten it, but hey, you know it's a funny game. I mean, every time, every time. I guess you know it's just his personality, but I mean, what do you expect from the, the players when there's they're seeing that the coach is obviously not upset at all the you know, misery he's causing to the, the fans. I mean, what, hey, do you expect that they're going to, you know, get up and fight like that? You know, I, I mean, again, I've, I've been very, you know, I've given Dana Dimmel a lot of grace, and I think I was one of the last to jump off, you know, the support uh, training for him. And, yeah, I mean, we, we, we cannot put up with this anymore. This is, this is ridiculous. There, there's no excuse for this. It, it, what, what hurts the most is that all of us see that this is a talented game. Like, there's, there's talent out there that should not, should not be one in five. <laughs> there's absolutely no way. 
Like it, it's absurd. <laughs> um, that, that's the worst part about it. But um, a change, a change needs to be made. Um, you know, on a completely different subject. Just hearing you talk about that uh, kicking him in the head, uh, which yeah. we all, everybody saw. I mean, it was. <laughs> I, I mean, I'll, I'll still go back and say that the conference USA refs are hands down, like it's not even close. They're hands down the worst refs. I mean, it's it, it, it clear every single game. They do they. They find a new way to do something abhorrent every single day. I mean, it, it, it's unbelievable. Stuff that a kid, a little kid could call sitting in the stand and they're missing it. Like, you know, anyway, that, that's kind of a different subject. I'm just saying, we, we need a change. Um, everything, you know, it's, it's bad. It, it, it's miserable. It's miserable to be like this, to, to, to go and know that they're going to lose, you know what I mean? Like, and, and not, not lose because, you know, they're just a crappy team. They lose because, I mean, you've heard, you've heard other callers talk about this. It, it, I mean, it, it's just a, it's a, it, it's something you can't even put into words, but you see how they're, how they're, beha- how, you see their demeanor on the field, and it just, it isn't, I don't know, man. It, it, they just, they're, it's not, uh, like they're not, they're not serious about it. I don't know. All, all I can chalk it up to is, is coaching. And when you see stuff like somebody tossing their helmet off when, when they should have been getting the ball back, and now all of a sudden the other team has a first down because he tosses his helmet. Man, you're, you're in a game like this where it's that important and you don't know not to take your helmet off? Well, then whose fault is that? That's coaching. That right there, that is coaching. You know, that's an interesting point you bring up. And I, and I appreciate the phone call, Milkman. You're you're a diehard UTEP fan. I, I know you, and uh, so is your pops. I mean, both you and Carl are, are diehard UTEP fans. So you've been around this program. You've seen this program for a while. And uh, the grace that you gave Dana Dimmel is the, gr- the same grace that a lot of people also gave this coaching staff throughout their time, uh, throughout this time and this, uh, you know, this period and this era, really, uh, for this coaching staff. But to your point... Uh, um, you know, I, I would just say this, and, I, and I, I appreciate you, Sal, bringing this back up. The hot seat is not hot anymore. It's boiling. It is boiling right now uh, for this coaching staff and what we are seeing. It's just not – Zay talked about it earlier, the awkwardness that is on the sideline, the tension that you feel between the players right now um, – the Keenan Stewart play, I'm just going to be real. I've, I have been such a big fan of Keenan Stewart since the bowl season, the 2021 season, and I think he's an absolute dog as far as a run stopper. Him taking off his helmet today, I just I, I have zero explanation to all this. I think this is emotions from all these players that are just boiling over. So talking about the hot seat, uh, I, I feel like the players are feeling this kind of pressure, this tension, and they are it's not all over. Yeah, they're not playing. They're playing tight right now. Uh, when you talk about things like that, and maybe at times they're playing a little uninspired. Uh, Sal, you know, we we talked about this off air. When is the last time you can remember um, a coach right now, or a coach with UTEP in any sport, having more of a hot seat, or fans more upset outrage, and out? Yeah. Uh, on that on that current coach uh, I think it, and this may be recency bias let's just say the last 10 years because social media has really exploded right right so it's it's more evident now not that it didn't exist before but you can get your message across to um 
other people a lot clearer now. But with that being said, the last I could remember with fans being a, this upset or maybe even more so, uh, it's arguable, is Rodney Terry. People were out on Rodney Terry, bashing on social media. You, you, you couldn't go a day without somebody mentioning something about it. That's probably the last one that I remember. But it and wasn't that's not long ago. It wasn't too long ago. But you know what, Adrian? I don't think it was as bad as it is right now. No, I agree with you. It wasn't as bad. I mean, there were still, even though at the time fans were out on Rodney Terry, some were at that point uh, when they finished up. I believe it was the 2021 season. Yeah, and uh, you know they they had expectations going in after that year uh, to have some sort of success and have players return on their team. Uh, yes, the fan base was checked out, but there were still some hanging on to hope, and there were some who liked him as a recruiter at that time. I just feel like uh, if you had to take a percent of UTEP fans who are just out on this coaching staff, mm. the percentile is high right th- right now. It's It just is. And over under 70? Oh, over. Big yeah. time over. I would think so. I mean, we don't hear a lot of defenders. Uh, and usually, you know, even yeah. with Rodney Terry, you'd see the defenders, whether it was social media or even on the phone lines. Uh, it's just different right here. Let's go back to the phone lines. 915. And, and I've said this before, but I'll just say it again. Um, this is a tough place to win. This is a hard job. It's just the bottom line. And, it, it, I mean, look, Sean Coogler didn't have success here uh, aside from one season. You look at Dana Dimmel's 2021 season, goes to the New Mexico Bowl, has a winning season, and really re-energizes the fan base that season. So uh, that whole uh, you have to understand that this is just a really hard job. That just is what it is. Let's go back to the phones. Travis is joining us next, 915 915- 505-6009. If you'd like to weigh in, now is the time to do it. 915-505-6009. Travis, good evening. What's happening? Good evening, boys. Um, uh, Sal, uh, Adrian, um, Sal as well. Good, good evening, you guys. Good evening, man. What's going on? Uh, good times. Good times. I was going to ask you guys, what did you guys think of the kit tonight? Uh the uniform ah mm, different yes. question today all right go ahead sal you know what this is my favorite one out of the entire bunch i love white helmet dark jerseys white pants and this goes back a while ago i remember having a dream saying i wish <laughs> utep would do white helmet um you know navy uh tops and white pants and the it's not the exact same color, of course, but it reminds me of when the Arizona Cardinals go white helmet, <laughs> black jersey, white pants. It's lethal. This is my favorite one. Now, the game, I don't know, but the kits, the uniforms, I'm all in on them. Uh, Zay, chime in. Yeah, I'm just I'm completely out on Adidas. I'm they're just so bad. They're just so bad. <laughs> I'm just completely out. Oh, I, I can't do it anymore, man. I just can't do it. Tell us why. They're just, they're just, they're just so bad. They're just Are so the bad. numbers too big? What is? It? Is it the spacing? Like, the there's font? Like, what? There's like a weird space in between the minors, and there's like an S at the end. It's just like awkwardly placed, and mm. it's just, I, I just can't do it. I just can't do it anymore. This loss has brought out the worst of me. Adidas, I just, I can't, I can't. I'm you know you what? can't even be positive I, about Adidas. I, I can't even go back and forth and, and argue <laughs> with it because he's actually wearing glasses, so he sees the clearest <laughs> out of everybody in this studio. <laughs> I, I can tell you I did not see any of these uniforms up and close. Uh, mm. I was far, far away. I forgot my binoculars, which is something I never do, so I'm borrowing my boy Steve Escajeda's uh, binoculars the entire game. Uh, Sal loved, I just love that, that like uh, bit of, you know, 
radio fodder here with like Sal loving these uniforms, saying how he's dreaming about it. And Zay's like, I'm just it's out like, on it's Adidas. Not a dream, it's a nightmare. He's poiling, he's he's pouring <laughs> gasoline on your take, Sal, and just lighting it on Let fire. It burn, baby. Oh man, uh, Travis, do you have any hey. other thoughts today? Okay, so let's let's think of this. Let's think of the future. Okay, so Dana Dimmel can be used as a possible pawn in a future plan that, you know, he's a good recruiter. He could, you know, make some roots down here in El Paso that, you know, let's bring in some guys that he knows those little bottom lines. That, and if we can make this this thing work, man, you know, this In what year? In year seven? Kinda... In year eight? What year, Travis? What year are you talking about things working out for this coaching staff? I, w- I would not say any more than where we're at right now, for sure, but I would hope that he would be an advisor is what I'm saying. So more. you want him to be like the general manager of UTEP. That's what you're saying. At least until the time being to where it could be processed to where it's like, okay, here you go, you know, hand it over to what is truly what it should be. Man, we've had some we've had some calls today, guys. I mean, but like I Travis, you're you're not like I can't you're not far from other people's thoughts tonight. I think that's what I mean, Zay just said it right now. That's what this this loss has brought you to feeling emotions wise. Travis is over here talking about Dana Dimmel in an advisory role, which I've never no. heard about in any sort of college football atmosphere. Turning UTEP into maybe like the NFL or the president of football operations or something. <laughs> No, Travis, no, no. no. This is not happening. If he's to do some sort of role like that, I think it's going to be, don't know how, but maybe at a power five or something where, you know, there's more recognition for that program. But if you have the reins of a football team, you're no. not gonna you're not gonna take steps back, and you're not gonna give like a courtesy hometown discount when no. you're the main guy in charge. And also to that point, he's calling the plays, and he's not the offensive coordinator. So if there's multiple roles to go around that, you know, positions got to be filled, he's going to do multiple positions while someone else is holding that title. 100% correct. Yeah. I, nothing else needs to be said on this one. 915-505-6009. That's our telephone number. Boy, we've had a show, and we have not even taken a single break on this show. We have been nonstop until right now. I appreciate all the calls, uh, even though we had to grill some of them. Uh, and I appreciate all the takes, even though there was a lot of disagreements from a lot of different calls. Uh, if you would like to weigh in, if you've been trying to get your thoughts across uh, about UTEP football, give us a call right now, 915-505-6009. We are an hour and a half into the show with zero breaks. Let's take a break right now. We are long. Long overdue. You are listening to Minor Talk, brought to you by the Oscar Arieta Agency. More in a moment, right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back. Minor Talk continues. We are presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency. They've got several locations across El Paso. Uh, they're all the way out in Fabens. They're out in Horizon. If you are in need of home, auto, life insurance, trust the local experts at the Oscar Arieta Agency, a proud supporting sponsor here on Minor Talk. Also want to give a big shout out to the District West. We were out there today for the tailgate uh, and it was a lot of fun. Great people, great crowd, great environment. And uh, 
um, you know what? A lot of those people ended up staying at the district and not going to the UTEP game. Uh, I will say this. The Minor Mafia crew, they went out to the game and they went out to the district. They took tickets uh, from the district. They walked over to the game. They had a great time. It was great to see all those people from the Minor Mafia crew. And I'm happy that people are still coming out. I mean, look, UTEP right now, 1-5 and five on the season. We're having great crowds out at the district. West, uh, if you have not been out there with us, Come out and join us. We're not stopping, despite the record. One and five on the season. Misery loves company, man. We'll come out and join us. Watch parties on the way for all the road games, and then the tailgate parties for the home matchups. That is the District West, 32-33 North Mesa. And by the way, the District has all the college football games tomorrow, 99-cent wings on Saturday. And Sunday, they have the NFL Sunday ticket, so you can watch all the NFL games out at the district. They've got three locations. Uh, We were out here at the one close to the university. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. This is coming in from a very upset Joe Chacon, uh, who is calling us out on social media right now. And I've got a big defense for... uh, I got to I got to defend ourselves here on this one for Joe Chacon. He was very upset right now, okay? I totally disagree with you, bro. This was still a 14 to 7 game. I have no clue how you guys didn't mention this on air until the middle of the fourth quarter, well after I got home from bowling night. How do you miss it is beyond me. Yes, penalties were rampant for the rest of the game, but this would have been a definite first down, and this drive could have led to a tie. And then, who knows? Talking about, again, the stomping. He's he's claiming that stomping was like the difference maker. He mm, thought he think, he's thinking that's like that. That, that was like the game changer. So he saying i totally disagree it was still uh in the balance dude all right let's say okay okay, okay. let's say let's say jake mcnamara on that play his fumble is um uh, you know it's it's voided right there actually you wouldn't do that right actually it it would still be a fumble it would just be it would yeah it would have just sent louisiana tech back 15 yards it would it happened after way after the play so it would be a dead ball a dead ball and uh, unsportsmanlike yeah, conduct penalty. Yeah, it would not have changed, uh, you know, possession. Maybe the player would have gotten thrown no. out. But Sal, go ahead. You, you know what? Let's go back to last week. We could do it. Okay, here we go. UTEP scores a touchdown. It's twenty-eight to twenty-one. UNLV is up. What happens next? Praise Mayhule gets the interception. All right, UTEP is down seven. Now they have a chance to tie the game. What do they do three plays later? Who's their best player on special teams? He gets a go. His name is Joshua Sloan, and they punt it. So I don't agree because this team does not capitalize on opportunities. How can you watch this team and trust them to do something good with the ball when they finally get a break? You can't. You can't. Uh, we're going to get to Ed in just a second. Let's keep burning through some more posts. Oh, we got a lot coming in. Uh, appreciate everybody chiming in, including you, Joe Chacon. You're our man. We're, we're, we're not leaving. We're not going anywhere anytime we love soon. You, uh, we're going to be here until the end. Senior day. Get ready for minor talk. Uh, UTEP versus Liberty. Uh, that's a noon kickoff, by the way, guys. Thank goodness. Tristan Pence on the show. I was one of the unfortunate 9,000 fans to watch this horrible games uh, game. Half of the UTEP football team has either checked out or are just flat out clueless. Either way, it's not even October and this season is pretty much over. That is Absolutely not acceptable. Hashtag minor talk. Herman Flores sends us this. Does Dana Dimmel ever take ownership for anything? 
wasn't a good start because he never has the team ready. Turtle Power 98. I'm a fan of another team in Conference USA, but Dana Dimmel clearly needs to be fired. This was one of the worst games tonight anyone could ever have to sit through. Uh, this coming in from Jacob Rubio. This grown adult Division One coach just can't or refuses to accept accountability. Uh, this coming in from Adrian, or this actually coming in from Joe Woodyard. There are sixty-five thousand butts just begging for a reason to go watch the miners. We filled the old barn before, but there is no imagination and no creativity. Therefore, there are L's. Hashtag Miner Talk. Shannon sends us this one. It's also Friday night. Good point, man. Uh, I'll, I'll be the first one to tell you that uh, even with a winning team, it, it would be an uphill battle for the Miners to get a lot of people in attendance at the Sun Bowl, uh, regardless of the, the win or loss record. But, you know, you see today uh, the fact that the Miners are doing as bad as they are. It just gave fans an excuse to not go to the game. Grand Paul at Paul uh, Cesares sends us this one. I really enjoyed when they shut it down. I was hoping it would stay gone. Putting the uh, stupid collars on air really makes the city and the school look very bad. Please make it stop. Oh, man, yeah, uh, there's a lot of bad calls today. It's okay. King Eric sends us this one. Can the season be over already? This coming in from James Baca. That stinks. As an Aggie fan, I am hoping that we don't have that turnout on a Wednesday. I can promise you that the Aggie fans will be there for the rivalry game. I just feel bad for people like vendors. This coming in from James Changas III. Miners also played without being well coached. Talking about all the injuries today. This is coming from Jimbo Torres. Why get down 14 points within the first 10 minutes of the game? This coming back from James Baca, I was going to write a column about them when I was going to Montley Crew because there's no signal and it's mostly cash only at the Sun Bowl. And it seems like they lose revenue as well because uh, you are likely to spend three times as much more money on card than cash. I think he's talking about more stadium stuff there. Mm. Andrew checks in and he loved the shout out by you, Sal. That was a long time ago and I appreciate Andrew. Man, that just uh, tells you how many uh, posts that we got. Uh, coming in on the show let's go back to the phones right now ed is joining us he's been patiently waiting our telephone number if you'd like to weigh in and duck in a call 915-505-6009 that is our telephone number to get into the program ed good evening uh, I'll, I'll just let you have the floor go ahead ed <laughs> oh boy you know i i think this is a call where i feel like i'm gonna just say how my heart feels okay do it and, and the, what my heart feels is that I feel like there's a lot of really good players. I felt like Dana Dimmel went out and really developed a really good roster of talented athletes. They, they hit the weights. They understood the system. Uh, he's also done a really good job of uh, increasing the depth. Although this year I do see, uh, I see the defensive line or the defense having its issues, and I have noticed that the offensive line is not as good as it was two years ago. But still, I still believe there's a lot of talent on a lot of different levels, and I, I really think that Dana Dibble did a, has developed a very good roster. In other words, what I'm saying is there is a lot of talented athletes, and so what I'm really concerned about here is. 
this is like the Titanic. We're still in September, and I'm really concerned about losing a lot of these guys that have actually been developed. And I just don't see any. I don't see any option. I think they have to. They have to pull the trigger here real quick because I don't see any reason how you can keep the coach here uh, when you have so many games left. And, and let's be honest, Middle Tennessee, Liberty, Western Kentucky, those are going to be really tough games. Really tough. Are, really tough. The way are, that we've those, seen yeah. the season so far, really tough. Yeah, and to be honest with you, I, I was going to tell you guys earlier in the week, but I wanted to wait. But the honest truth is every single one of these players in these last four years you can go back to Devon Yin-Yang, go back to a bunch of guys. They have actually all developed really nicely. Ronald Awad, James Tapuni, there's just been so many. But there's one player that has not developed and has, uh, I would say, erratically or spontaneously or inopportunistically regressed. And, and that player has frustrated me. But if you look at the overall roster... I, wait, wait, wait. Can I guess who that right? was? Can I guess who that player is? Do you know who it is? You know who it's it is? your QB1, right? That's right. That's right. That's right. I mean, it, 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 and see, here's the thing. I didn't want to say this, but I have never, never seen a coach go out and say, this is my guy. The scouts are with him. He's doing good. It just so happens that he threw two interceptions when we played Northwestern, and so did Saban's uh, quarterback when Alabama played Texas. And the following Monday, Saban said, I'm starting a new quarterback. But Dimmel did just the opposite. And when he did that, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. He's actually going he's, he's to stick with this guy no matter what. Instead of reevaluating, and I think at that point I was like, I can't believe it. I can't believe that he did that. But this is the way I honestly feel. I feel like all the players have developed except for one, and that's the way I feel. And I think we don't have any choice now. We've got we've got to make a change. Otherwise, this could get really bad for the last six games. Well, the problem is, well, Ed, and I appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks for weighing in. I'm I'm shocked by this one from Ed, guys. Ed was the number one Dana Dimmel fan. I mean, really, he was he was a big, big Dana Dimmel fan. And I, I'm shocked that he's now on the flip side saying, hey, there's a lot of season left. You could still salvage a lot of it. Do you look to change at that coaching position? And that's where uh, – Ed lands on this whole topic right here. The, for me personally, I don't see that happening. I just the likelihood of that happening right there, whether it's an administration decision, whether it's the coaching decision, whatever it is, I don't see that happening right there. Despite how bad things are, how do you guys look at that right now? Could you see otherwise? Could you see uh, things uh, going in favor of Ed or of what Ed's saying right there? Or what? How do you see this, Sal? Uh, it's it's tough to call, man, because there's still half a season left, it, it, and that's really the the lumi part. It's easier to to form what you think might happen when you're in the final stretch, but I don't know, man. I I really think this is gonna be a ride out. To the yes, end of the year. I agree. There, there's no other way that I can um that I could see this going now. 
I think it is fair for the questions to be asked about the future of UTEP football. Correct. But when it comes to it, but um, as far as like making the change right now, that's not going to happen. I don't see that either, Zay. Yeah, I don't see that either. I mean, you know, last year I watched UTEP softball suffer yet another horrible season, and TJ Hubbard is back. And it's it's simply because it looks like a money issue. They just don't have the money to buy out, you know, contracts in the middle of the season. So uh, yeah, I don't. I just don't think UTEP is. Uh, you know, they're not that type of athletic department to pull the plug mid season. Yep, fair enough. Good stuff there. And I appreciate the phone call, Ed. Thanks for weighing in. And I appreciate your honesty, too. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I knew where you were going with that conversation. I just didn't know that you've gotten to this uh, almost rock-bottom point as a UTEP fan right there, Ed. So I, I hear you. Uh, our telephone number on the show, 915-505-6009. Guys, I mean, let, let's break down the game. I, we have to. It's it, We have to do that. And um, going back to what Joe Chacon said, it was a 14-7 to game. Uh, the first two uh, touchdowns, of course, LaTeX scores right away. You blink, and then they score a touchdown. It was the big slant play that they got 80-plus yard receiving play for them, uh, which set up an easy touchdown for Louisiana Tech early on. Then UTEP goes quickly three and out. They boot it to LaTeX. The Bulldogs return that punt for a touchdown, and within three and a half minutes, UTEP's down 14-0. The Miners then put together a long drive. They score uh, via a Jake McNamara touchdown. By the way, they were in a goal line situation. They were in uh, first and goal, second and goal, third and goal penalty, then first and goal second and goal, third and goal, touchdown. Six plays that they had to run in a goal uh, situation where they had uh, multiple opportunities to just punch it in. Instead, that was a 14-play, 93-yard drive for the Miners, touchdown drive for them to start off the second quarter. At that point, I still didn't have a lot of faith that I thought the Miners could come back, rally in this one, and actually either tie it before half or whatever it was. Um, And it was evident by the next couple possessions. Jake McNamara had a scramble. Uh, the coaching staff thought it was a targeting by the defense, uh, by the defense. Zay, you even tweeted that uh, the coaching staff was up in arms after that one right there. I don't know. I mean, maybe you have to go back and watch it. I don't know if I saw necessarily a targeting whatsoever. But regardless of any of that, the Miners had a nice drive brewing on that one. They drove it inside Louisiana Tech territory, and Jake McNamara had a nice scramble of about 10 yards. It was to get the first down. Uh, instead of sliding, uh, he gets hit, and then he loses the ball. Uh, Louisiana Tech gets the ball, their own 43-yard line. That was the first turnover for the Miners at that point. Uh, quick three and out by the Louisiana Tech offense. And, guys, that's another thing to mention. The defense in the first half holding them to just 17 points, I consider that a victory, knowing that they were down 14 nothing in the blink mm. of an eye. That defense for the Miners, at least in the first half, really held up in, in a positive way, in my opinion. What do you guys think? And you know what? It, it wasn't even allowing 14 points. It was really 10. Yeah, it was only 10. Exactly. 100%. 100% only 10. So you kind of, I mean, I hear where Dana Dimmel's coming from at the end of the game where he's saying that you wonder, how did you lose that game? Yeah, I was, I mean, UTEP finds different ways to lose games. That's the uh, problem with this uh, current team, the way it stands right now. Then the quarterback carousel continued. It was uh, Kevin Hurley starting things off. Jake McNamara taking the the reins. He gets hit after uh, his touchdown drive. He's out of the game. Kevin Hurley steps in. Uh, they, they just go run heavy at that point. It's eight minutes left in the second quarter. They go extremely run heavy. Uh, and the Miners are 
not able to establish as much on the ground to get pr- product uh, productivity like they needed at this point midway into the second quarter. La Tech then got on the move on their side. They started establishing the ground game with less than five to go in the first half. They got a big passing play uh, to the UTEP 24. Then, praise Amehule, strip sack Turner. Uh, he is only a sack away from being the program's all-time leader right now in career sacks and forced La Tech to settle for a field goal right before half. Miners' defense clamped down uh, to close out that half and, and did not allow a touchdown. Instead, it's three points for La Tech. They go up 17-7. to But I have to mention – I mean, we sound like a broken record. We really do. But I have to mention it uh, – the Miners have the ball with time on the clock. They have an opportunity to score or, you know, an opportunity to put together a drive to score before half, which they desperately needed. They get the ball back coming out of half. If they get a touchdown or if they get any sort of score, even a field goal at that point late in the first quarter, I mean half, they at least have a puncher's chance. Well, instead, on UTEP's first play with Kevin Hurley in at quarterback, they hit Marcus Bellin, who fumbled. Zuri Henry landed on it. Second play, uh, Kevin Hurley hits Kelly Akari on a really nice passing play. I like that one a lot. Hurley takes a quarterback delay all the way inside the red zone. It feels like momentum is kind of swinging UTEP's way. All right, they're, they're down 17-7. to They're approaching the red zone. But then a big holding penalty negated the big play and the big run by Kevin Hurley. And that felt deflating. It was three uh, straight incompletions near midfield for the Miners right before halftime. And instead they had to punt. Zay, you, you remember this drive right here. I thought on those uh, on the first two pass attempts from my vantage point up in the press box, looked like catchable balls. And uh, first target was, um, you know, it was Jeremiah Ballard. Ballard second target was Kelly Akari. Maybe I got to look at that one again. But to me, it looked like maybe an inch would have separated a touchdown catch right there from either of those receivers. Yeah, that first play. I mean, that first passing play to Jeremiah Ballard. I mean, it just looked like that. That was right there, and it, it just there really wasn't an attempt made to catch the ball, which was very disappointing. And um, as much as I, I like the aggressiveness for Utah going back to back, you know, basically the same play up the middle, yes. deep a uh, deep shot. I was a little confused, right? Because you're taking those shots when in reality. You know, just get the first down, right? Live to f- live to see another down. Instead, you put yourself in a rough third and long situation, and obviously they didn't convert. So um, I was just really confused with uh, with the play calls, the aggressiveness down the stretch there. Obviously, I don't mind it, but it was just it was it was a little confusing to me at least. I understand that one right there, uh, uh, Sal. Going into halftime, Miners were down seventeen to seven. Did you feel like it was over at halftime? Uh, yeah. Uh, you know what? I, I felt it was over as soon as it was fourteen nothing. So, as soon as they got down into that hole, felt it was over because this team is not. Uh, their Orly game said plan, it earlier. Their game plan is not designed for them to go into a fourteen nothing hole. It, being down three nothing is like okay. They got us. If they don't score on that next drive, it's going to be hell to pay. It's going to be very very tough. They don't have that urgency on offense. They they don't have solid two-minute drill offense, four-minute drill offense. Methodical drives, yes, that's perfect, but you have to have everything go right. I can equate this to kind of like, hey, you have a very busy morning, and you have so many things to do in the morning, and you have to do every single one of them right on time, right on the dot. You don't have time to be rushing in the kitchen, and your belt loop gets stuck to one <laughs> of the, the drawers in the kitchen. Next thing you know now, you spill your coffee, and it's a whole mess, right? That's 
that's the game plan for UTEP. Everything has to go perfect. There's no margin for error. And being down 14 nothing, I mean, with this type of game plan, just cash it in. Seriously. Good analogy, Sal. Good stuff right there. Uh, let's let's keep it moving in the second half. Uh, third quarter starts. Uh, the Miners rush into La Tech territory. It was a 25-yard by, a run by Deion Hankins. Love the way Deion Hankins was running the ball today. I mean, he was the bright spot of that offense, along with Torrance Burgess Jr. I think a couple of callers said it earlier, but the run game was the only bright spot of that offense. Jake McNamara, nowhere to be seen on the sidelines at that point. Uh, he was out uh, at that point. And then, of course, Miners uh, drive it into La Tech territory. Kicker Buzz Flabiano nailed a 36-yard field goal for the Miners, and that capped off a 10-play, 56-yard drive for their opening possession of the third quarter. I was okay with it, guys. Getting three points with a team that just struggles to get any points on the board, I was okay with it at that point. But I wasn't okay with what happened afterward, and that was uh, what La Tech had on their side of things. They converted a third and 11. Miners held them near their 40. The defense did a nice job. I mean, that was a good response following that field goal uh, possession. And what happened on the flip side, Miners take over at their own 12. Miners just get a quick three and out just quick three and out on their side just just did not get any offensive production off of that uh then la tech gets the ball back this is near the end of the third quarter they get a big play off their running back in tyree shelton 36 yards to the minor 19 uh then that um you know it's the remove helmet play, the penalty that a lot of minor fans will remember from this game and that will stand out in their in the back of their head. Keenan Stewart takes his helmet off after stuffing the run against Louisiana Tech, which would have forth, uh, forced a field goal by La Tech, also a long field goal. Who's to say they actually make that one? Instead, Bulldogs get a first down. They advance it inside. It takes, they bleed off time off the clock. And they score a touchdown on that drive, and it completely deflates the team. I mean, there's really nothing else to talk about. La Tech goes up 24-10, and uh, at that point, all the energy, all the motivation, all the momentum out the window for UTEP football, and there was 12 minutes left on the clock. They were down two touchdowns, but it felt like they were down five. Yeah, you know, and going back to the helmet play, I mean, UTEP had already, they'd already gotten a stop on third down before that, but Louisiana Tech was called for a blindside block, which pushed them back 15 yards, gave them that opportunity to replay on third down, and then, of course, the whole Keen Stewart thing happened, and that that was just, that was wild in itself. And uh, Dana Dimble talked about it post game. He did not mention Keenan Stewart's name when asked about it, but he did take responsibility for it. He said, you know, this is something that I need to correct, and that, uh, he, you know, he has all love for the player that did it. And uh, it was just kind of disappointing seeing a guy like Keenan Stewart, who's been in this program since 2020, he's been dominant since 2020, make a huge, costly mistake like that. And uh, at first, I thought, there's no way this is happening, right? His helmet must have you know, been already off or something. I was in disbelief. I, I was just... I was so shocked that that happened, and uh, it was just a very disappointing. And it was a it was a UTEP thing that that, that happened. Yeah, it did feel like uh, Groundhog Day for them. Um, this is coming in from Callaway, uh, Adrian Sal Zay. Do you feel like UTEP's football program has gone backwards since joining Conference USA? Hashtag Minor Talk. 
Uh, it's an interesting thought. Uh, I don't know if I see it that way. I just see this program. It doesn't matter if they're in the WAC, if they're mm-hmm. in the Mountain West, if they're in the Border uh, Athletic Conference, if they're in the, the uh, Southwest Conference, they're independent. It doesn't really matter. Wins and losses are all that matters, Sal. And, um, you know, I, I don't think it necessarily matters the affiliation. I still see Conference USA getting worse and worse by year. Look at uh, who's yeah. li- who left the conference and who's there. I wouldn't say going backwards, and I wouldn't say going forward just because history has shown us that there's not much to improve um how could i say this an improvement wouldn't take you know a lot of wins you know a couple of wins here and there congratulations you you triple your win total over xyz year so i wouldn't it's hard to gauge that because this has been such a historically terrible football program i mean we said it earlier seven winning seasons um post bobby dobbs Mm. that's crazy Mm, that is crazy Mm. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you I, on that. So. I can't answer that. I, I don't know. They, now, I could say this. In the last three years, they've definitely taken a step back. Yeah. But since joining Conference USA, oh, man. I mean, they weren't losing to Cal Poly uh, in Conference USA. They were doing that before. So I think that shows, you know, UTEP history. Yeah, that's a good point, Sal. Uh, this is coming from El Paso Visuals Deportivos. By the way, Conference USA Commissioner Judy McLeod was on the sidelines of tonight's game. Obviously, she couldn't have done anything for the dirty play in real time, but just an FYI. Oh, I know, Ivan. I know. I, Me and Brett Bloomquist and Steve Escajeda and Zay, we were sitting like two seats away from Judy McLeod, who stopped into the press box. Uh, I looked at—well, actually, Brett was the one who looked at me, and he was like, hey, that's Judy McLeod. Do you know who this is? And I was like, oh, yeah, it is. And I looked at her, and I was like, yeah, it actually is. Um, and she was there. She witnessed this game. So just to mention that, you know who also was there tonight? Mike Price. He was there. Nice. He was in attendance. Uh, former minor coach was there tonight as well. And the first thing he told me is, man, we need a win. Well, yeah, they needed one. And unfortunately, they didn't get one uh, if you're a UTEP fan. Joe Chacon says this. We need Jeremiah Dickey just saying, hashtag repping from Colorado now. Hashtag Brock is my OG. Hashtag Zane is in training. Hashtag nothing but love. Hashtag this show is therapy. Hashtag let's have a drink. Come join us at the district, Joe Chacon. I'm calling you out, man. We got to see you out there. Um, you know what? Let's do this, guys. We're, we're winding things down. I kind of feel it here on the show. Uh, let's do this. Let's take a timeout. we got to give awards. we got to pay the bills here on the show. As Minor Talk continues, we are presented by the Oscar ID at the agency. If you have a late call to duck in, give us a call right now, 915-505-6009. That is our telephone number to get into the show. Also available at 600 ESPN El Paso everywhere on social media. If you want to chime in, give us a call, 915-505-6009. You last chance here coming up as minor talk winds it up here presented by the Australia at the agency on 600 ESPN El Paso. Welcome back. Minor talk winds things up here on the show along with Sal Montes. Zegalindo, I'm Adrian Bratis. We got Ricky, who's going to be joining us coming up here on the phone lines. We're winding things up here on the show. If you'd like to duck in a late call, give us a call right now. 915 915- 505-6009. Guys, you know, we, I, I just thought about this. We've done a lot of minor talks uh, over our time, especially you and I, Sal. Uh, we've been around for the 111 seasons. We've been around for the basketball seasons. We've been around for the good, uh, the few good <laughs> seasons for any of these sports. But we've been around for a while, and what I'm getting at is 
this is the first minor talk I can remember where the fans were so they had such like pent up emotions. This is the mm. first time we've had uh, listeners and callers actually call out other listeners and callers. Almost every caller that we had come in today had to disagree, had to call out somebody, had to mention mm, a point yeah. from earlier. This was one that like listeners felt the need to like dunk on other callers. It's and it was like a lot of aggression all it, over. It's the blame game because they're so frustrated that any little thing that isn't, you know, in line with I guess the path to success. And there's a lot of them, don't get me wrong. That's that's the reason why they're not going far. That's the reason. Um, you know, I'll give you an example. It's not the same thing at all, but just kind of the vibe, right? Remember when uh, Aaron Rodgers went down with the Jets? People were saying we got to fix the turf. The turf is bad. Oh, we blame the offensive line. We blame uh, Nathaniel Hackett because Aaron Rodgers didn't want these. Guys. And there was all kinds of blame going around. Now let's let's flip it around. Obviously not the same thing, but that's kind of what it's like. Oh, there's unsportsmanlike. Yes, that's true. Oh, they're not moving the ball on offense. Yes, that's true. They're not scoring points. But you know what, Adrian? I think this is the very first show that we've had where there has not been one positive call. Not Good one. Good point. I, well, one person did say oh. well, whatever that guy said about the jersey. That's about the most positive thing we're going to get, I, right? <laughs> Well, not according to Zay because it's Adidas. <laughs> even Zay <laughs> said that's the most negative call even, ever. Even Zay had to dunk on somebody today. Come on, I'm sorry about that. I'm Man, sorry about it, that. the emotions are high here. It's like it's like me, Sal, having to say like, "All right, Sal, actually, I dis- disagree on points A, B, C, D, E, and this is why." And so, and you know what? This is what I'm going to say also. This minor fan base is educated. They know their football. They know their stuff. I mean, we always praise this community for how much they know in basketball and how big of a basketball town this really is, which I'm excited for basketball season in a big way. Minor Talk is going to be back for that, of course. Um, but it also makes me appreciate this fan base for football. I mean, they feel passionate. They feel compelled enough to do this and to call in and to feel yeah. and voice their frustrations. Either way, they have their own idea of how uh, a team is supposed to be ran. And, uh, you know, they're voicing all these opinions here today. And, hey, guys, you know what? Yeah. We all, we both, all of us here get our Saturday. So that's another, you know, I'm nice. trying to look at silver linings here. Uh, the whole month of October, we're talking about Wednesday games. So, you know what? Weekends, make your plans. Have some fun. You know, Zay, awesome. be a be a high schooler, <laughs> enjoy your life instead of having to uh, hang out with us here at one in the morning. I mean, come on, man, what are you doing? Uh, but no, I really appreciate it, Zay. You're you're killing it. Chris Banks on social media, he sends us this one. Uh, first off, he says this UTEP fan can't even get his tweet acknowledged. Dude, I'm sorry, man. The way that Elon has fixed things on Twitter is awful. I I miss a lot of tweets that come my way. So if you've sent us a post, if you've you know chimed in on the show and I have not read your post, I apologize. We just honestly, <laughs> we just honestly like can't see these because of how bad this uh, this platform we're, is we're right now. We're filtering the search. I promise you, we have like five tabs. Dude, open. I straight up one, have three hashtag minor talk one at six hundred. Yes. You know, we we have that set up, but I mean it's crazy. I won't see it, but tomorrow morning when I wake up, I'm gonna see like eight exactly. of them, and it's like I feel like a jerk because yeah, because we, we didn't, didn't read any it, of these. So I'm sorry, but he, call in though. Yes. Yeah, I agree with that. Just like uh, Ricky's calling in right now. Chris said this one, UTEP is dealing with injuries on top of more injuries, plus losing again. What else is new? The one I feel bad for is Crystal Poppin having to perform on a Friday night when UTEP season is already over. 
Uh, big shout out to Crystal Poppins. Thank you for joining us on the show today. She that was a, a great interview. Thank yeah. you. I appreciate it, Sal. Let's go back to the phones right now. Uh, Ricky is joining us next. Ricky, uh, it's one eighteen in the morning. What are you doing calling the show? <laughs> hey, man, I just had my sweet bread right now. Turn on the radio. I've been listening to you guys since about, about 10. Uh, but I would say those were sweet uniforms. There's a positive note again. Those were pretty nice. Ah, Zay is not. Zay is shaking his head. He's he's. Uh, I love He's it. clenching his fists right now. I'm just kidding. I, Keep going. Uh, I think the only thing I was gonna say, guys, is that I think the, the way the turn the game turned around was was literally the the guy taking off his helmet. You know, I think that was just a, a gut wrencher uh, wrench right there, guys. Um, seeing him take off his helmet especially in that situation. And then Louisiana Tech was able to capitalize from it, you know. And I think one of the most things that caught my eye in that, in that, in that moment was looking towards the sideline and seeing how Dana, Dana Demo was going to react to it. And he didn't. You know, the, the guy came off the field and not even an earful, not even not, nothing, not even acknowledgement. I mean, at that, at that point in time, if you're a head coach, you're in that situation, you can't let something like that slide because what type of message are you sending out to your football team? You know, how you, how are you going to hold that person accountable? And you just don't. You let it slide. You know, and it just really is just like, damn, like, is there really not a want or, like, a need to win or a desire? You know, where's, where's you know, just the want to win, guys? I just, I just, I, it really turned me off right there seeing that, not seeing an expression from Dana Demo and, you know, it was just, you know, it really caught me off guard. And I would really like to see a head coach get on this player like that. Um, there was this one time, uh, an Oregon coach, um, it's, it's always on Twitter, I'm always sitting on my feed. Um, one of his wide receivers, he, I guess he got a personal foul and the Oregon coach got in his face and was on uh, national televised TV. And you're just like, that's something that you would want to see, just holding your players accountable. And, um, going back to another, uh, caller that someone had called in talking about, you know, I think Robert Rodriguez would be a great candidate coming down here to El Paso and, Someone had said, you know, like, why would we want, you know, a Mexican guy in here? You know, that's not what we need. But, and he referred to Deion Sanders going to Colorado. You know, UTEP's not Colorado. UTEP is UTEP. El Paso is El Paso. You know, would Deion come to UTEP? No. Would Robert Rodriguez come to El Paso? Yes, of course he would. And I just think that would be perfect for us, something that we can, you know, because we can relate to Robert. He can relate to us. It would help with recruiting. Um, with the players to make them feel comfortable for their desire to want to win, the motivation, and just letting them know, like, you know, if Robert Rodriguez would come in here and recruit players, it's like, hey, this is what El Paso is about. And, you know, and let us show them a little bit of the history, you know, all the things that we've been through. It's, it's been tough. And I just think Robert Rodriguez would be perfect. And I know he's hearing it. He's probably hearing it. I mean, he can't ignore it. Oh, you know, yeah. There's, oh, there's no, no, no. Ta- Trust me. Trust people, me. There's people tagging him on Twitter all the time about it. And I'm sure, like he's done, his, he's done his dues, guys. Like he's, you know, he's been around. Um, I'm actually, um, I'm not going to say my last name, but I got recruited to play football at UTEP, and Robert Rodriguez was my was my recruiting coordinator. And mm. right when I got recruited, right when I got recruited, uh, he left. That's when he had left uh, to Minnesota to be the to be the Viking coach. And it was a disappointment to see him leave, but it would be great to see him come back because the way that. He's able to handle kids, and I understand, you know, him as a as a recruiting coach. The way that he's a lovable guy, people would cherish him here. You know, he would be a god here in El Paso. So I think it would it would be great, and I just you know, and I know people would give him a chance. And I just I don't understand how that caller came in and said, well, you know, look how Colorado got Dion. Well, Colorado, I mean, back in the days in the '90s and playing against Nebraska and in the 2000s, like. 
Colorado was irrelevant. Was relevant. You know, maybe you UTEP in a bowl like, well, too. Yeah, you, you, yeah, UTEP's not UTEP's not Colorado. You know, like Dion wouldn't come here, but I know who would. I know Robert Rodriguez would. Yeah. Know? So interesting. You know, I think he'd be great here. I think, you know, just, you know, it, I think it would flip the tables a bit. I mean, obviously it wouldn't happen right away. You know, I think right now with Dana Demo, of course, like, let the season go by. Like, I'm saying, oh, fire him, fire him. Like, yeah, like, let's pay him out then, you know. And with all that money, we're no, we're just not going to pay him out. You know, like, stop. Like, be realistic. We're not just going to give him his money and, like, oh, go look for something. Have, like, Mike Price come back and coach another, like, five or six. You no. Know, that's that's not that's not realistic. Like we need to take take this time, like take this time. Start if we're gonna start looking for another coach, let the season go by, and then really make a decision on who we want as a coach. And I think it should be Robert Rodriguez. And I'm pretty sure he'd be very interested in it. And I wouldn't doubt it that he's gonna be our next coach. Mm, Ricky's already throwing out a name there, Robert Rodriguez. Hey, I appreciate it, Ricky. Thanks for weighing in, and thanks for playing UTEP on UTEP football. So uh, I think that's what you kind of threw in there as well. Uh, JK sends us this post. And wait, wait, guys, anybody with some thoughts off that call? Go ahead, Zay. Um, yeah, you know, I think it'd be it'd be cool to see UTEP hire a guy like Robert Rodriguez, but we're not going to ignore the fact that you know his last job ended. You know, well. It wasn't him specifically, but that whole Arizona State coaching staff and everything, NCAA investigation, it just wasn't good. It was a tough, rough ending to that. So uh, there, there, just, it's not it's not a clear, easy hire. You know, you're going to have to take a risk, and you know that's what fans have been wanting. Uh, J.K. sends us this post right now. 18 and 45 is even low standards for a historically sad UTEP program. How much longer do we have to put up with this mess? I won't spend a single cent on UTEP football until Dana Dimmel is fired. I cannot and will not support this team anymore. Uh, I'm finding more posts, by the way, guys. Uh, This coming in from El Paso Visuals Deportivos. In reference to attendance and orally statement, there is an excuse for only 9,000 fans. High school football on Friday night, and it was on TV. I agree that hiring within the family hasn't worked. Uh, talking about Kugler, that's coming in from Ivan at El Paso Visuals Deportivos. Um, you know, I would just say this: uh, there, it would be. I, I'll maintain it. It would have been an uphill battle, even if UTEP was good, uh, to have people in attendance on a Friday night. That's just the bottom line. J.K. follows it up by saying this: When Conference USA went through their latest realignment, and UTEP was supposed was supposed to step up and contend, it didn't happen, and all those new schools left for greener pastures. Fast forward again with a prime chance in the New Look Conference USA. It's the same story. Can't believe we all hoped for the Mountain West. What do you think there, Sal? Man, you know what? I've always been on the on the wagon of like, hey, UTEP should go to the Mountain West. Uh, you know, and answering that with, well, what have they done in Conference USA to warrant that? Exactly. In the same respect, right? People are saying they don't want UTEP. Um, they don't want UTEP to hire a former UTEP player or somebody with ties to UTEP because it doesn't mesh well. Well, look at it on the on the Mountain West side. A lot of those teams are old rivals with UTEP. Why are they going to go back and get their old friend UTEP in that conference? It, it, it just doesn't mix up. So I. I think they haven't done enough. They haven't done really anything at Conference USA to warrant any type of, um, you know, move to the Mountain West. But on that note, Adrian, where he's talking about the um, the newcomers, are you ready for this? Guess who the top two teams in Conference USA are right now? Who? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Can I guess? Can I guess? Go ahead, yeah. All right, my guess is Jacksonville State, who won last night in a crazy game. They're 4-1. and one. Yes. And then Liberty. That's my okay. other guess. And what do they have in common? 
Uh, new newcomers in conference USA. All right, the oldest. Of, I, I don't know if they are the oldest. One of the oldest uh, members of Conference USA is the UTEP Miners, <laughs> dead last in Conference USA. On Ugh. top of them, Ugh. Florida International, who's fourth last, Middle Tennessee. So these new guys are coming in and just whipping up on uh, current Conference USA members, and it's a bad league. So I, I don't really know how far to go with that in terms of giving the top team props. But it's really more so a knock on UTEP, like, hey, get your stuff together, guys. You've been in this league long enough, and you can't even beat the new kids on your block. Not even the new kids on the block, on your block. It's not even your block no more. <laughs> they walked in and walk on your block, take over your block. No, hey, seriously. Jacksonville State can't make a bowl game this year. They're not eligible. It's or and they can't go to the man. and they can't go to the conference championship either since they're a newcomer from FCS to FBS. Uh I'll throw oh, no. a, I'll I, throw a newcomer in Sam Houston State is also really I, bad in conference. I got you. No, um the uh the conference USA championship is actually October tenth. That's uh, Jacksonville State and Liberty. Ah, I like it. What if they like run the table in the conference just saying actually put up a crazy record? That'd be kind of crazy in itself. Yeah. Um, El Paso Visuals Deportivos. I want to ask both of you guys on this one. Sucks to say, but if the Miners become ineligible for a bowl game, not, Tyrese Knight will call it and shut it down, and he should because NFL money can change your life, and the kids and the kids and the grandkids' life that's coming in from El Paso Visuals Deportivos. I think he's going to need as many games as he can and as much film as he can get. That's my thought on Tyrese Knight. What about you, Zay? Yeah, Tyrese Knight doesn't seem like the type of guy who's just going to be like, well, you know, we didn't make a bowl game, so I'm, I'm just going to head on out. Uh, he's been with this team for a while. He's been with his guys for a while. Uh, I don't think he would give up on, on this season that quickly. Oh, man. I, I've got a funny Joe Chacon one. I think we'll have to end with this Joe Chacon one to finish out uh, because it was so funny when it actually happened. It was like the best part of this entire minor talk edition when Sal just, uh, I mean, Sal was talking how much he loved uh, Adidas. And then Zay's like, I'm out, like 100% out. That was the best part. And this is in relation. And it's also Joe Chacon, who's uh, one of the more funny guys on social media. Augustine, I, re- I see all your tweets. I'm not going to read a single one of them. Uh, this is coming in from uh, Southpaw Gaming, Texas. Did I just hear somebody suggest Dana Dimmel as general manager role? What in the world? Hashtag minor talk. Hashtag ludicrous. What in the world is right, my friend? What in the world is right? Uh, this is coming in from uh, Rip City Trades. Yep, it is 2.25 in the morning. I'm still up. We are minors. Time to chill during the bye week. That's right. I'm excited for the bye. We need a bye week, guys. We we need a bye week here as well, just like the team is. Um, not that we're injured, not that we're depleted, not that we're not uh, grateful to do this. But we need the bye week as well. And it's not really a, a true bye week either. So that's another thing. Um, this is coming. Okay, uh, let's do this. Let's do our, our awards right now here on the show. We, we uh, confided in the awards before we're uh, starting right now. We're winding things up. So if you want to get Duck in a Lake, call 915-505-6009. Let's pay the bills. Let's talk some awards. I know it's hard, obviously, for listeners to hear us talk awards when the Miners lose games. But, hey, let's do it. Well, we got to pay the bills. And uh, this is the way that we do it with some of our great sponsors here on Miner Talk. 
Let's first give out our hot hand of the game. In this one, you got to give it on the defensive side. It's going again to Tyrese Knight, who totaled 10 tackles in this one. He also had a pass breakup, which you don't see a lot from Tyrese Knight. He had another tackle for loss. I think this is six straight games for Tyrese Knight with double digit tackles. I think it goes back, that streak goes back to last year as well. He also had a pass break, uh, like I mentioned, that pass breakup and a quarterback hurry. Tyrese Knight, We've said him a lot this entire season for this award, but he gets our hot hand of the game award, and that is brought to you by Win Supply El Paso. El Paso's finally out of the triple digits, but you still might need to fend off that El Paso heat. Man, it was a a boiling hot game today at the Sun Bowl. Well, you can stay cool with Master Cool. Wind Supply El Paso is an official distributor of Master Cool evaporative coolers, and they don't want you to sweat it out while you wait for the temperature outside to cool off. Each Master Cool system is priced lower than the box stores. To find your nearest champion uh, Master Cool dealer, visit the Find a Dealer tab online at Wind Supply El Paso. Com. Also want to give a big shout out to our Steamroller of the Game. This is one of our newest awards here on Minor Talk. Guys, I was uh, I was telling you all both uh, that we, we probably need to go Joshua Sloan on this one for the Steamroller of the Game. He averaged 45.8 yards per punt and six punts. I mean, guys, it was hard to find a lot of positives in this one. But let's let's be uh, let's find a different positive player to to highlight. I'm talking about Deion Hankins. Coming off a limited role last week, he carries the ball 15 times today for 83 rushing yards, averages 5.5 yards per carry. Deion Hankins, running uh, inspired at points. I thought he played well in that offense, and I thought the run game was the only bright spot of that entire offensive game plan. So I will give the steamroller of the game to Deion Hankins. And by the way, Stanley Steamer is locally owned, and you could check him out whether you're here in El Paso or or in Las Cruces, locally owned and operated. They proudly provide professional cleaning services here in the surrounding areas. Since they started back in 1947, Stanley Steamer has served homes and businesses across the country. They're trusted by generations to clean your carpet, also your air ducts, and also uh, even your tile and grout. You could check out Stanley Steamer online. They make it easy to schedule a cleaning service. They've got 24-7 availability online. Or you can give them a call in uh, normal business hours, 915-591-2905. That's 915-591-2905 for Stanley Steamer, who brings us the steamroller of the game. Finally, our drive of the game. This is brought to you by New Start Homes. Uh, We're going to give it to the only touchdown drive of the game for the Miners. Uh, Miners had a... This one was a 14-play, 93-yard touchdown drive that was capped off by a two-yard rushing touchdown by Jake McNamara. It almost uh, took off eight minutes off the clock, so I will give big credits to that drive as our New Start Home drive of the game. And thanks to New Start Homes for being a proud sponsor here on Minor Talk. If you're looking to add a tiny home to your space or maybe even looking for a mobile home, wanting to downsize and not pay such high amounts in your property taxes, check out New Start Homes online. They've got affordable builds starting at just $75 per square foot. Check them out online today, newstarthomes.net. Uh, man, we got a lot of sponsors here on Minor Talk. A big shout out to them. Oh, and, and we got a caller of the show. Last time we gave it to Trolley Dodger, uh, which by the way, Trolley Dodger, if you're listening this late in the podcast, because I know you're not listening at 1.34 in the morning, um, 
we'll get that $25 gas card to you. But, guys, we've got to pick a caller of the show. Uh, I don't even know where we go here on this one, guys. Um, I, I got to look back on our call list, Sal. Do we give it to Ed for finally coming around on UTEP and saying some uh, things about the miners? Do we know, give it man. to Orly, who, who called in around midnight and who has never called in after a UTEP loss here in Miner Talk, or rarely, I should say? Do we uh, give it to Chris, who called in twice? He was so eager, he had to call us again. Do we give it to Travis, who brought up the jerseys? Do we give it to Milkman, who brought up some good points as well? Where are we going with this one, Sal? I don't even know. Flip a coin? There was so (laughs) many of them. Um I'm really blanking out right now. Do we have to do it right now, or can nah, we? Nah, we can to wait the pod on this one and then post it on Twitter. Like hey, I like that. After further review, yes, we're gonna get another review, guys. <laughs> another flag on the on the call. Okay. I like that. I like that right there. Uh, we'll, we'll say we'll shelve that one right there. Our uh, caller of the show, which will get a twenty-five dollar gas card, thanks to Alon and DK. Um, yeah, I said this last week, and I'm probably going to say it. I will say it again right now. Uh, I am heading off to Alon or DK. I need to first fill up. I was uh, driving here on E, so I'm definitely hitting one uh, on my way home. But I got to check out if they're still open inside. I got to get myself something to eat, guys. I I barely ate today. So uh, as far as uh, this one, it was a long day and it's 1 30 in the morning so hopefully there's like a you know a good little uh healthy snack that i can get at our local alan and dk but big shout out to them for sponsoring it you know what sal i'm gonna just pull an audible right here Do let's it. let's go ahead and let's give it out to ed i i feel like ed deserves it uh he gave a great call uh let's give it to minor eddie mack um He'll be our caller of the show for today. And then we'll, we'll continue our caller of the show uh, through every UTEP uh, Minor Talk uh, sh- uh, broadcast that we have here on the show and award one of our listeners a $25 gas card here with us on Minor Talk. And be, by the way, uh, for DK Allon, if you're a fan of sports or if you're the ultimate fan, you can play the Allon DK Ultimate Sports Fan Pack sweepstakes and you can prove that you are the greatest armchair quarterback out there. All you have to do is just visit any Allon or DKs here in El Paso, and you could score big with them. Uh, guys, as we wind down the show, and as we have a late caller ca- uh, chiming in, not even sure if this is spam right now or if this is a, a real caller. Uh, we'll take it if it is, but we won't if, we, if it's not. This is coming in from Chi-Town Minor. Bigger disappointment so far. UTEP or ESPN Plus coverage of UTEP football? Mm, UTEP football. UTEP They'll stay football, there. football, without a doubt. Uh, Trolley Dodger wants to, to chime in. Sorry, Trolley. You're not, you, you can't qualify for uh, two weeks in a row, and I promise you I'll coordinate with you on that gas card, man. So you, you get a, a tank of gas on me or at least half a tank of gas. Uh, <laughs> no Trolley problem. Dodger, great to talk to you, man. How's it going? I can't believe you're up. One thirty in the morning. What? And I even called Whoa. you out here on the show. I I was listening. I was at the game, bro, and I'm like, oh, we're gonna. But you know what? Just run last week's call, bro, because it's the same thing. Just run last week's call. It's the same thing. But last week I said that they looked clumsy. Now it's confirmed. They look stupid. You know the helmet. I've been listening. I heard everybody's comments. Rich Rodriguez and and uh, hire a Hispanic coach and all this and that. And I'm just like, yeah, whatever. I had no energy to call, bro. I had no energy to call. I saw the helmet thing. I'm going to bring up something that I don't think anybody brought up. Okay. Our punter got trucked in the first half. Yeah, dude, I saw that. Yeah, and they, they called running into the kicker, not roughing running into the, the kicker. kicker. Um, everything was bad. The officiating, the way we played. 
Um, I kind of knew that we don't have the personnel even before these injuries. But I just want to say, how much lower can we go? You know, like Conference USA, everybody's left and it's so watered down and like, okay, there was actually hope of like, hey, maybe we can be, you know, the biggest fish in the pond, you know, not even in the ocean or the lake, but in the pond. And it's such a gut punch that it's like Jacksonville State and La Tech who hasn't won in three years. And now we've, you know, we've got to go five and one, which Western Kentucky, forget about it, Middle Tennessee, something's got to happen. But, you know, you can beat Sam Houston State or whatever. Uh, gut punch, bro. Gut punch. Yeah. Just run last week's call because. Yeah, and, and by the way, Charlie, I just want to say I there well, I do listen. Well, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate your phone call. And I'll say I'm genuine when I say this. There were so many people who talked to me last this past week about your call. There were a lot of people who I, I don't know, they heard it on the podcast. They may have heard it in live. My wife even mentioned uh your call, Charlie. She was like, "Yeah, I, I you know, she's here and she's kind of fading in and out of sleep, but she remembered your call uh specifically. Even my parents, you know, they they're definitely uh, they, they, they're early birds as well at times here on Minor Talk, and it's hard for them to stay awake, understandably so. I mean, we're one thirty-nine in the morning, but I, your call was the one that stood out last week, and, and uh, even after the fact, I still got a lot of uh, you know mentions for your call. So good stuff last week. We'll just run it back. I was a little lubricated. I was ah, a little lubricated. Mm, so now the truth, now the truth no, comes out. Now I'm good. Now we're gonna have to vet you every time, Charlie. We're gonna have to do a breathalyzer before we bring you on Minor Talk or something like that. Hey, I appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks for weighing in. Thanks for listening in here late on the show. Uh, our telephone number, 915-505-6009. Although, I think we're going to wind it up, guys. As we turn the page, as we look over to 10 days from now, the Miners will take on uh, Florida International on the road. It's a Wednesday night game. Um, by the way, it's going to change up how they do their uh, scheduling this week. Uh, I expect practice times will change up. I expect the uh, press conference obviously to switch up as well with head coach Dana Dimmel. Maybe he, uh, I think he's actually doing it late this week instead of uh, early uh, next week. Um, And so I think that's one of those things right there. Hey, uh, this is coming from Orly. You know, a lot of people have been giving the excuse right now. Oh, well, UTEP is playing on a Friday. There's high school football action. There's all this. That's why they got 9,000. Um, I will say this. I always think that it's an uphill battle. However, I, I said that earlier. Orly referenced this one. This is great. 2005, when the Miners were humming with Mike Price as their head coach, they did play on a Friday night, and actually they drew 35,000 that game. Uh, so that was uh, the 2005 football schedule for the Miners. And they had a chance to play on a Friday evening in that season. And that was actually against Tulane, a 45-21 victory over Tulane, October 14th of 2005. Where were you at that point? Zay, you weren't born, correct? I was not born. You were not born. Uh, but uh, I was at that game. I do, or Actually, I, I remember uh, that time. Um, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. Excuse me. This is 
Houston that they played. Well, that, September was, 16th, Houston, yeah. a double overtime victory, 44-41, and it was on a Friday, 34,000 in attendance. I'm sorry about that. I'm looking at it right now. But I remember being there uh, throughout that season. Go ahead, Sal. Sorry about that. Yeah, but you know what, too? Um, that was their second Friday game. Uh, the, the one against Tulane was in New Orleans. Uh, but, no, seriously, though, this is a team where they're coming off a 34-17 win over New Mexico State in Cruces, which – if we're being honest, is a it we can mark that as a home game for whoever the visitor is as well because both teams travel well to opposing it's like stadiums. neutral, yeah. But but this is a season where um, the miners uh, was this where they entered it like ranked twenty fourth or or in some sort of preseason poll. So there was buzz about this UTEP team. They're coming off of a loss of. Uh, to Colorado, oddly enough, what we were talking about. So there was hope that this team was going to be something special. So the difference is that team was good. Yeah, yeah. You know? That team was good. They were ranked, too, top 25. Yeah. I mean, that, that preseason AP top 25, last time UTEP's ever ranked, only time UTEP was ever ranked in their entire history. Uh, that season, by the way, the 2005 season, uh, a great one for the Miners, Um and uh, they finished up eight and four that year, ranked as high as twenty fourth in the country. So, um, yeah, that that's one of those things right there for the miners. Twenty fourth in the country that year, and the year before, twenty third. By the way, only two seasons the miners were ever ranked uh, in the AP top twenty five. The only two years, two thousand four and two thousand five. By the way, two thousand five, uh, they lost in the GMAC Bowl. Uh, yeah, I remember yeah. watching that game specifically. That was Colorado, correct, Sal? And then the uh, year before that G-Mac was Toledo. Was Toledo. Okay, so I'm I'm mixing the years. I, so Toledo was the I, the second one, and then the Houston Bowl was the other one. So um, I got you. Either way, I got I, you. I think it was Colorado then then Houston, or then Toledo, but I think it was the GMAC. Uh, the GMAC was the Toledo Bowl. Okay. So either way, like it doesn't matter because they lost. So yeah, I mean, both seasons they go eight and four. Both I, seasons I they were ranked. Remember, yeah. Both seasons they were in the top twenty-five, and that's the only season, the only two seasons in UTEP history where they were actually ranked, which is interesting enough. By the way, uh, that was the high that they were ranked that year, and uh, Orly points out first time or first games as a conference USA member. So there you go, right there, uh, them transitioning into that conference into 2005. Good point there, Orly, and thanks for hanging with us, Orly. I appreciate it. Um, also coming in on the show, a uh, couple other ones. This is coming from Joe Chacon. I think this, this is a perfect way for us to end it. Uh, this is Joe Chacon uh, coming in on, on the show. This one's to you, Zay. Oh, by the way, uh, I love the uh, the Jeremiah Dickey mention all that. The true fans mentioned that they expect more year after year. That's all coming from Joe Chacon. But this is from uh, Joe Chacon to close things out. He says, UTEP Zay, come on, bro. We haven't seen this many uniform combinations in a season since ever. Adidas is doing the fans justice. Do a little research and you'll see. Hashtag minor talk. Hashtag love the uniform options. Hashtag, I don't know what this one is. FHS is greater than CHS. Hashtag sorry, not sorry. Hashtag Franklin is the pride of the... Why did he have to bring Franklin in this? Is he trying to rope me into this conversation or something? Does he not know that you go to Chapin, not Coronado? Like, well, I, I what... Joe Chacon, what what is going on here, Zay, with him? You know, it's it's one forty five AM and we're talking about UTEP uniforms in Franklin High School on Minor oh, Talk. Yeah. So um that, that means it's time to wind this up. 
I love it, though. I, I love, love it. Yeah, I love it, too. Uh, and uh, you know what this also means? That anybody who's hanging with us can just flip over to TBS or USA and just watch the Ryder Cup because uh, that's going on right now overseas, over the pond. Uh, hopefully, Team USA can rally back. But if you're listening to this, you're probably, uh, already, you are, you probably already know, um, you know after the fact that, uh, unfortunately, the U.S. is not coming back from this one. Uh, but regardless, I appreciate everybody chiming in. I appreciate all the callers coming in on the show. I appreciate everybody uh, and their passion about uh you know utep sports i mean look this is uh this is the name of the game uh two plus hours here with us on the show and it's this, the conference usa opener we'll be with you throughout the season uh for sal montes for Zegalindo. i'm adrian Bradis closing things out fiu uh coming up wednesday october 11th but that does it for us here on minor talk by week ahead no uh you're not hearing from us all next week here on minor talk and we'll be back in action as utep takes on florida international Appreciate everybody chiming in. If you miss any of this, check us out everywhere where you get on demand. Uh, all your podcasts, uh, Apple, Spotify, wherever you're checking out podcasts, that's where you can find us here on Minor Talk. That'll do it for us tonight. For Again, for Zay, for Sal, I'm Adrian saying so long and have a great weekend, everybody.